0: Two, three, four. In this...
1: A big thank you to An Inspiriority Complex providing our theme song. It is November thirteenth, twenty twenty-one. I'm Zach Weber, and I am joined by Zenger.
2: I, I am I am in solemn protest that this is not the Visions episode everyone is, of course, waiting for. But I'm I, I am here. My protest is is stated.
1: And Canadian Star Wars collector
0: Chris Porteous. Happy to be here any week. There's a Lucas sighting. is a good week.
1: Indeed. You should check the food board.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and former
1: KB Toys manager, Joe Yazo. Whoa!
3: Hey. Yes. I, I, have, I officially have a title now.
1: Yes. I, finally I, don't realized a, jo-
3: I don't know if it's a good one, but it's a title. I'll take it.
1: It's funny, Joe. I was thinking of you. I watched a video on like what happened to KB Toys, and I'm like, oh man, like Joe Yasso there? Like he bankrupted them like for the third time back in like 2008. See, I have a bad
3: reputation right now. It's like every store I've ever worked at has gone bankrupt. So I feel bad <laughs> for putting that stuff on my resume because I have a funny feeling. It's like Montgomery Ward, Sears, <gasps> KB Toys. I'm like, damn,
1: Montgomery like I can't catch Ward. A
2: break. Hey, know. you know the best thing to do in an interview? Just stare at him and be like, you're next. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Hire me. laughs> it's foreshadowing.
3: <laughs> I'm the heartbringer of bankruptcy.
1: Oh, God. All right. But we're here uh, not because of Star Wars Visions, which everybody collectively for- forgot about, what, uh, a month ago? I think
2: about it every day. And if I was not doing other stuff right
1: now to distract me from this, I'd be watching it in the background. I, at least that makes one of you. Uh no, Star Wars Visions, that came and went, and I really was indifferent about it after, like I heard that like maybe two of the segments out of the three were genuinely good and the rest was kind of the exact same thing, like rinse, lather, repeat. Um Chris, tell me if I'm wrong.
0: I would agree that I really genuinely enjoyed two out of nine. You unwashed masses,
2: they were phenomenal. Bunch of anime filthy
1: casuals,
3: as Zach would say.
1: <laughs> Joe, did you watch any of Visions?
3: I did watch some of them. It was it was a different take on Star Wars, and I kind of liked every one of them. Had an endearing quality to them, but would I sit there and watch a whole a season? Positive,
2: of one of them? positive response. I appreciate that.
3: I don't think I could get a whole season out of all of them. I think it'd be like watching The Bad Batch.
1: <laughs>
2: Joe, if you have to take watch it. I'll take it.
1: <laughs> Joe, which if you had to okay, if you had to choose Star Wars Visions season two, that's what they were calling it, or Star Wars the Bad Batch season two. Did I say I get twice?
3: No, you said Bad Batch and then
1: Visions. Okay, that's fine. All right. I feel like I'm losing my mind. Um to so all these season twos of shows that uh I think are kind of like everyone's like, okay, at least we're getting some Star Wars. Which would you want? Would you watch Bad Batch or Visions? Picard season
3: two.
1: Oh God, he's
3: not wrong. <laughs> uh, no, I would. Nice. I would sit there and see Visions. Visions. I don't think is going to be anything like it's going to be a. You know, how many different ways can you make Star Wars? You know, how many different ways can you make an egg? You know, how many different ways can you have your cup of coffee? You know, there's only so many different permutations of of certain things that you can actually do. And it's actually going to be enjoyable, but you start you start making it too different, then you're starting to alienate your base that you already had to begin with. And then, Bad Batch season one.
1: (laughs) It's funny that whole time while you were saying that, I kept thinking of the Book of Boba Fett trailer, where it's like, how many times can we do the exact same thing but slightly different? And the whole time I'm just looking, watching that trailer, and I'm like, this is like this is like the Mandalorian, but with Boba Fett and and, and Sopranos mixed together. so, guys, what oh, do we wait,
2: want to I, I have one thing I want to say in response, since we obviously are not getting a Visions episode. And I want it on record. So I can point to this later and be like, see, I called it. So everyone make sure to keep your landline phones by for when I call it later. Visions is going to be an underappreciated thing that 20 years from now, everyone's going to hail as the most magical thing Star Wars did during this time frame, much like another animated series that someone on this podcast does not shut up about. I am making that call now that it will be hailed as greatness years from now. And all of you unwashed masses are not appreciating the amazing quality that it is. It, 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 it that it is
0: they were interesting killed. interesting theory but i think for something to sort of have that second wave of over appreciation shall we say it has to sort of disappear from accessibility for a time and this never will thanks disney plus
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying chris is accessibility killed the pop
0: star
2: oh I, they, they were never not accessible to me
0: DVD right, but you, forever, baby. Right, but you know there was a strange while where like the highest quality version of uh of Clone Wars was uh, like on YouTube, and the only official physical media was DVDs, and there was an HD version on YouTube. That's Hell weird. Yeah. I don't know how that happens, but um, Visions is always going to be accessible at the at the touch of a button. So I don't know if that sort of longing or nostalgia for it will build because. Everyone just always knows it's always there, so it doesn't. You know, I don't, you know, I'm not. I don't know if I'll ever feel compelled to like watch it again, but I will stand by the fact that I really liked the Ninth Jedi and I really liked the Elder. The rest, I, I, I found a bit of a struggle. If I'm solid being picks,
2: solid yeah. picks, sir.
0: Cool. What I have, have a pick. If I actually watched it,
1: you still haven't watched it? No, because I don't care. Okay, this is the problem. Okay, um, okay now we're going to sit there and segue away from the TV show that I haven't watched into uh, trailers for TV shows that I am... That very, Zinger hasn't watched. Fair enough. For for TV shows that I just like... I, I'm kind of like, like eh? Like, I, I just... I'm so indifferent to all this. But before, I don't want to sit there and dictate the flow of this. Do we want to talk about all the TV show stuff first? Or do we want to talk about... Everything else, whether it be uh, Boba Fett, Disney Plus Special, or Patty Jenkins being this time put into the trunk of a Tesla.
2: Wait, why don't we talk about all the gaming announcements they've done? Okay, moving on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, oh God, there's there's like like nothing gaming-wise on the horizon that's been like definitively confirmed outside of the Uh, KOTOR remake.
2: yeah. Yeah, I was about to say the KOTOR remake and nothing else.
1: Yeah. Oh God. Ew. Uh. Okay. Do we? Okay, Chris. Uh. Okay. Do we want to talk about the Boba Fett like Disney Plus special, like just a little bit? Because I know Zener didn't watch it. Joe, did you watch it? Yes, I did. Okay. Cool. So at least three quarters. Of, three quarters of us are on the same page. Chris, do you want to describe the only really? Oh God. Memorable portion of this documentary docu
0: short. All right. Well, so uh, I guess it was earlier this week uh, they posted under the helmet, the legacy of Boba Fett, which is 20 minutes sort of explaining to to the unwashed masses why they should think Boba Fett is cool, because they sort of go through the the top 10 sort of fan trivia reasons why he's an interesting character Virtually none of which have anything to do with *The Empire Strikes Back* or *Return of the Jedi*. They're all sort of around Blasphemy. his first, yeah, you know, his first appearances. Which it's it's one of those things where, it, before the internet, Star Wars fans would have like would have like knowledge battles with each other, and they would like one up each other on what Boba Fett's actual first appearance was, because you know some people thought it was the toy, some people thought it was the holiday special. And then you have this. Some people this, uh, thought
2: it was that appearance at that parade or something.
0: I'm so glad you bring that up because they've finally everyone will just know that it's the San Anselmo Country Fair Parade now because they beautifully restored some footage into nice HD quality. They had, they they shot a ton of film. Like this must have been like I don't know if it was like Super 16 film or what it is, but it looks really sharp. It's four by three, but they have a ton of footage of Boba Fett walking down this parade with Darth Vader, and he's got. Uh, he's got a different gun than he had in the film and he's got the weird sort of like eye markings painted on the helmet. So now, n- now those, those, uh, the, those, uh, trivia wars are over because everybody will, who has Disney plus will, and remotely interested in star Wars will know about the San and Salmo country fair parade, which is, you know, it's sort of like for somebody like me, I've, I feel like I've never not known that that was both Fett's first appearance. I couldn't tell you when I learned that fact. And uh, it's just weird to see it so prominently featured on something that's like at the top of the Star Wars list on Disney Plus because it's just so, such an ephemeral, nonsensical fact that it's just like fascinating to see that much emphasis put on it. And they sort of reflect on that in the special a little bit, just like how strange of a time it was that that's how they were debuting characters.
2: I Um, I do want to point out, real quick, another fun fact is that. Greg Hastings won the chili cook-off at that festival. Is that a real fact? Is it not? I don't know. But if someone puts it on Wikipedia, guess what? We've got a true story going.
0: Could you imagine? Could you imagine if Greg had like a picture of himself like with the trophy and Boba Fett, like from that? <laughs> That'd be so amazing.
2: Boba Fett <laughs> handed him the trophy. Yes. We 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 are creating right now
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah so like i want to believe that fact there was definitely a greg hastings there based on the amount of people and the shots that i saw so like that's probably true but um i think it, this sort of is tie. this really ties into the tv show because this is this is just more hype for the boba fett series like that's why they posted this it can't there's no other reason right so and they get into a little bit of uh Tamir morrison's first getting involved with the django fed role and you get some of that great episode two behind the scenes stuff.
2: Disgusting.
0: <laughs> There's a, there, and, they, and they did include like a really nice uh, uh, sharp transfer of like the blue screen footage of uh, Boba Fett and Slave One's cockpit where like the, the little uh, range finder piece that's not the one on his helmet, but the one that's part of his ship comes out in front. And you really get a sense of how little they actually like built of the inside of that cockpit. Like it was just like a little piece of a computer that, came in front of a chair and the rest was blue screen so you you wonder how how much they really sort of planned out of the inside of the ship probably basically nothing but uh that was cool to see so there's i think the nice thing about it it, i didn't learn anything new from under the helmet the legacy of boba fett but it was nice to to see them sort of from an archival perspective the, the way they're sort of cleaning up some of this uh footage from various events and behind the scenes stuff so that you can you can get a sharp look at it.
1: Okay, that's that's all well and dandy, but can we please talk about the most interesting part of this coming from the Knights of Vader perspective, hearing George Lucas utter a particular phrase.
2: Oh, uh, I, I want a number 7 off the menu and a holiday
1: sauce on it. <laughs> Okay, I I've already made George Lucas's line from this Boba Fett documentary, the opening like insert from like the intro like music. It's beautiful because we're go- like Chris said, we go through the history of Boba Fett, and there's a bunch of like back and forth about like kind of like faux digging up like oh what was his first appearance, and they talk about the holiday special, and like they, and what, they, they kind of cut to a shot of Joe Johnston. And it's like him explaining, like, how the costume was built, like, how he did all these things. And then, like, next thing we know, we have George Lucas sitting there. In, I can only assume it's a new interview from sometime this year because I've never seen this, like, background with him sitting in a chair. And he's wearing I've never seen one. that
0: food court and, they found and, him at. And I'm, maybe I'm completely off base, but it appears to be the front porch of the ranch.
1: Yes. Yes, it does. Um, so I can only hope there's some other, like, other, like, documentary, because they're supposed to be, like, oh, God, aren't they shooting a documentary for, like, Hulu or something regarding, is it Howard Kazajan? I'm probably mispronouncing that. Kazanjian. Kazanjian. Thank, of course, Chris, we know the correct pronunciation of that. Isn't there something they're doing with him, like a documentary, or am I, am I getting my wires crossed with the book that was just published?
0: I th- think there's a documentary. I you you're probably getting your wires crossed about Howard Kazangian being involved just because the book was about his whole career. That was the last Rinsler book.
1: Okay. Point the point being is there is there is this new Lucas like interview that we see a couple times sprinkled throughout this Boba Fett documentary, and in it we get a we get some references to the holiday special. We act footage of george lucas from 2021 just like look like roll his eyes and say so there was this holiday special and it is delightful and it it really And he says immediately after this he follows up with we had very little involvement with it but beyond george lucas's oh god having to acknowledge this thing's existence almost 50 years later is the Footage we see of it—the live-action footage, which is a hundred percent cleaned up.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so there's some, so there's some sharp archival uh, live-action holiday special footage. Which there's so much information and thoughts firing off in all our brains when we see that because we're a certain kind of person. Um, but uh, just to quickly circle back, while well, uh, the docu-series you were thinking of is actually being directed by Lawrence Kasdan. Uh, not howard kazangian so that that's probably what you're oh, thinking so, of
1: yeah that yeah.
0: is my bad okay, I'm, okay yeah. I'm getting the writer confused with the producer yeah so uh, so but you know so like it is great seeing new interview clips of lucas he actually looks like he's having a great time which is refreshing he doesn't look like terribly annoyed to be doing an interview which like a few of the last ones have seemed a little more along those lines and when you see him in behind the scenes stuff for the mandalorian they don't really talk to him They you just see that he's there so this was this was nice because he was smiling, he was having fun. But
1: what I I, didn't, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't I, go that far. Like he's there willingly, but I don't know if he's having fun.
0: Okay, well, it, I, it, a couple of times it looked like that to me. I mean, it's it, it, you're not wrong that like just hearing him say the words "holiday special" is great. But what I didn't what what I didn't wasn't crazy about. And I like I hope you're right that they they did a really long couple sessions of interview and they use it in other places. But um, what I wasn't crazy about was. Lucas really like he shows up three, or four, or five times for a few seconds. He never really says anything. The closest thing they allowed in the edit of him saying anything is when when he mentions the holiday special. I believe he phrases it as they were making this holiday special. It's Basically absolving himself of like any involvement whatsoever. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, like oh I already, already inserted this. the.
1: Cr- if yeah. I haven't already inserted the clip like four times, I'm going to insert it a Yeah, because and I mean, he he immediately follows it up with the line of "We had little involvement with it," and I'm just like, I don't care. I'm like, I get to hear Lucas say the words, and I see footage of it in HD. I'm like, I won. I am. I'm taking my 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 toys and I'm going home. I yeah. won.
0: Yeah, basically, what Zach's doing right now is he's taking his current best version of the holiday special and replacing the few frames in HD that he now has. So he has the best quality version.
1: But this is, this is something I said, this is probably a topic for another day, but this is the thing I find very interesting about like current Lucasfilm is that there is a weird, oh God, acceptance of the holiday special that we've never gotten from any previous iteration of this company. Like we're getting holiday special toys that come out like in a couple of months. We like they've obviously they remastered the uh animated special like what was it, earlier this year and put it on Disney Plus. The fact also is that they had cleaned up footage of it for this documentary means clearly the original negative is in their possession and it it it's there. I'll go like it farther. It's
0: been destroyed. I'll go farther than that because the here's they're they're really opening a can of worms by even talking about it as much as they have here because they're showing they have cleaned up footage of it uh, they're talking about it yet they know for a fact and everyone knows that only part of it's on Disney plus i don't believe there's like i'm i'm probably i'm sure someone's been asked but i don't know what the most recent public comment is on whether or not the full thing would ever show up on disney plus but i think the chances of that just went way up with this short documentary
1: I
3: but th- I don't think so. That's something that they can keep in the well <clears throat> to get people excited about it once they start losing subscribers. If this new TV stuff doesn't work for the the new streaming stuff doesn't work for them, they can sit there Oh hey, we got a cleaned up version of uh, this uh, holiday special. Well, yeah. See it? You can, Only, you can uh, $7 it your... Only seven ninety nine. Only seven ninety nine. Yeah, for Disney First, uh, plus plus. Yeah.
0: What a bargain.
3: Or uh <laughs> For the first minute, first minute's free, but the rest you.
0: Can't pay. <laughs> With Zach, what would you There's off no- the top of your head? Off the top of your head, what would you pay for that version of the holiday special?
1: Um, can I keep it? Or is it solely like the stream?
0: Well, I mean, you get Disney Plus, and then you illicitly record it off Disney Plus.
1: Oh. Uh, plus uh, plus. I would say, like, if I was able to, in that instance. I don't know. Like, I, I once you get into triple digits, I'd be very hesitant. But I think it'd be worth it. Like, like I honestly like I would say triple digits. Like, I like maybe a hundred. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah. Things, like, like I'm totally. Like, comfortable it's worth here. it for that. Yeah. But this is the thing, though. There's no way they could ever release that. There is so much stuff that is politically incorrect. There is no way they know. could ever release
0: it with uh, but, a straight face. But, but is it? But is there, though? That's like, I really think, you know, these are the things that plague us intellectually, right? It's like, is there's some stuff in there, but like, is it really that politically incorrect? Like, it, it, it depends what lens you put on it, really. Like, I think, given the fact that it was like, the circumstances of the writing and Whatever was going on with uh Valanche at the time, <laughs> like,
1: like, there's it, Bruce it, it Valanche, could... Bruce Valanche alone, is something I imagine current Lucas would want nothing to do with,
0: and that would just bring him out of the woodwork again, yeah. But like, I don't think there's really anything in it that they would like.
1: There's you have a you have grandpa Wookie getting off, like, like does that you really do,
0: you, do, you do it? You do okay, so that's the that's the big problem, right. So is it like is it a is it a, is that as bad as I'm currently remembering it or like is there like
1: it's pretty it's pretty angry. I, I don't think it's one of those things where I don't it, it's Lucasfilm making a mountain out of a molehill like it's the Boba Fett starship dilemma where it's like nobody cares really that slave one. it's just people it's just like hustlers trying to make a buck nobody cares about the holiday special it's one of those things that it's be like, it's it's the like low-key Song of the South thing, like right? just put it on Disney, plus people realize it's not very good and it's not this like forbidden fruit that's gonna revolutionize the world.
0: Um I guess it's like I, visions, I just, right? Like once it's accessible, <laughs> no one cares anymore.
2: <laughs> mm. That's I, I think I, I do want to point out I'd say twenty dollars. I would pay twenty dollars to not have to go through <laughs> watching <laughs> hearing that it exists. I am Paying for it to not be near me while Zach is paying to have it in the triple digits.
3: Just putting that out there.
1: Now a Zanger's paying money for them to block it off his subscription. <laughs> that
3: would be interesting. That would be an interesting <laughs> subscribing platform right there. Yeah. You could sit, yes. sit there and have people sit there and say, No, I don't want that on the platform. Be like, no, I want that. And they can have like a bidding war mm-hmm. like eBay. And what they'll do is they'll put it up there for 10 days. And whoever get, gives them the most money, they'll either put it out or they'll keep it, keep it in the vault
0: for long. Maybe maybe they post it, but it's just like you have to have your parental advisory thing on, and it only shows up in the stars section. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, no,
2: the 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 other thing I wanted to say was um, now if they had detours, I'd pay triple digits for that.
1: Well, okay. just the of, smell. Well, it. I mean, just of
2: course the meal was there. Look at a script, not even touch it.
1: Okay. <clears throat> All right, that that aside, of course, we segue into detours. Always. I think, I think the thing that I find fascinating, this is kind of the point I was getting at, is that we have the holiday special, which has been the forbidden fruit for pretty much ever when it comes to Star Wars content. And then you would think... When it comes to Boba Fett history, how could you gloss over the fact that his voice is completely different in the version that everybody fell in love with him with? And there is no acknowledgment of that, that like, oh, Lucas altered his voice for, for continuity's sake.
0: Okay, so the, obviously the reason for that is because this short documentary is promotional material for the book of Boba Fett. So you wouldn't want to highlight the fact that Jamiro Morrison hasn't always been Boba Fett. It, I, that's fine. He hasn't? <laughs> it was he, looks, no, Logan. He,
3: he looks like he has, but he hasn't.
0: It is it is interesting though that like the original voice actor. Here's how terrible of a Star Wars fan I am. I don't. I couldn't tell you the name of the original voice actor of Boba Fett. I know the original name of the voice actor of Palpatine, Clive Revel. but uh, I, I think don't it was know. Jeremy Bullock. No, he's in the suit. He's not the he's voice. He's in the suit. He's yeah. The suit? Oh, no. yeah.
1: Chris, we literally have a portion... Like, okay, I get what you're saying. But there's like 15 minutes of this documentary devoted to Jeremy Bullock. If they want us to, to convince the illusion that Tamora Morrison was always the person in this suit, we wouldn't spend 15 minutes on Jeremy Bullock.
0: No, and I, that, just, I, yeah, I just mean a special edition, things are divisive. They didn't talk, they they actually, special is, edition did get a mention. You're, they, yeah, I can't say it didn't.
1: They do, but I don't know how in the history of Boba Fett would we go into such intricacies like, oh, was it the Kenner toy? Was it the, oh, God, white chocolate set costume? Was it the, like, county fair? Like, we have that level of, like, going into the history of the character, which is fun. Like, again, I'm not knocking this documentary. This for 20 minutes, this was a lot of fun to watch. I just get, like, I just don't get considering how comprehensive this thing is for 22 minutes that we don't just get 30 seconds of, oh, this was his original voice.
0: Yeah, no, that you're you're actually, you, you like, that's reasonable. You're right. I just, like, I think my thing with that is I don't think I've ever encountered anybody who is, like, as bothered by that change as you.
1: Oh, that drives me nuts. Like, okay, I want this as a weird little anecdote aside that, oddly enough, like, this is completely, like, coincidental. My girlfriend got me. She's like, oh, I got you something. And I'm like, oh? And she's like, oh, I'll give you, like, a surprise. I'll show you tomorrow. But I'll, like, she recorded a video of it, and it was... Like this like at the time I didn't know what it was, but like she played it and it made sound cues and it was Tamora Morrison and Boba Fett. And I'm like, yeah. I hate this so much. And so like I went into like a 15 minute dissertation today explaining to her as a Star Wars, a filthy casual, like the differences. And I just like part of the allure of Boba Fett is that voice. Cause like and I know we've gone through this dozens of times in the last like four going on five years now. But Tamora Morrison's delivery of those lines is so flat. It's so flat. And then you have like the gravelly voice of Jason Wingreen. I looked it up. Uh, Lord bless his soul. He passed away in October. Or I'm sorry. He In December of 2015. Actually, he died on Christmas Day in 2015. Um, he watched The Force Awakens and died after uh, embarrassment. Um and and thank you for the person who chuckled And, yeah, and that's bad. the thing Thank you, Sanger. It's, it's the idea that like he has this, such like This gravelly voice Like There is no person on the face of this earth That if you hear I get, And I'll start the clip here As you wish He's no good to me dead What if he doesn't survive He's worth a lot to me Put Captain Solo in the cargo hold As you wish He's no good to me
2: dead what if he doesn't survive? He's worth a lot to me. Put Captain
1: Solo in the cargo hold. Like there, there's, there's no, like, there's, like he's rushing through the dialogue. It's like video game, like script reading. He's just rushing through it because it's like that Simpsons Krusty the Clown thing, where like he goes through all the lines and he runs out of the studio before like the audio, like technicians even put the new tape like in the reel. Like that's what. All it right, Krusty, you're ready to record. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
0: The, you know, like, I, I, this is probably slight, like, slightly controversial, not for anyone on the call here, but maybe people listening. But, like, I personally, I think Tamir Morrison, as much as I find him, like, really entertaining, like, I don't think he has a particularly natural cadence to like any of the stuff that he says where like, it almost sounds like he's reading all the time to me, but I still find him entertaining. Like I don't, like I, I really get what you're saying. And I think I've sort of, I draw even less of a distinction, but I it's Boba Fett's voice is like almost like an era for me. Like holiday special Fett is a different voice actor, but like oh, yeah. he feels closer to like the original, like Empire Strikes Back voice to me. Cause it's just like very, it's it, like, there's there's nothing, there's nothing that stands out about it. She's just trying to sound serious, and they put the sort of garbled like microphone effect on it.
1: That's the thing. I've always explained this. You could have left the voice alone because you could say it was like a voice modulation in the helmet. You could have explained it away that easily. And, and I get it. Lucas was obsessed with continuity in the early 2000s, so he was going to sit there and do whatever he wanted. That's his right. But it's, it's, I just don't know how you don't acknowledge it. Like I, it's like it's literally you could like it's what this thing is twenty two minutes long. What is twenty three minutes?
0: They realize no. Well, well, you know it, it's targeted at at the people who don't already know all this stuff, and they realize those people can only listen about Boba Fat for twenty one minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fair enough, but I just think like at least considering that we go through every iteration of this character all the way like down to like again white chocolate fat the freaking county fair thing that, like, I, I get it, but, like, they spend, what, three, four minutes on that? And it's, like, that is inside baseball level of Star Wars stuff, where it's, like, I, it's cute, but we don't need, like, for, take 30 seconds from that and give it to the voice actor that originally did it. Considering that, like, God, like, we spend so much on Jeremy Bullock, but Jeremy Bullock had nothing to do with the voice, like, sure, he did, like, a decent, if not good, job of, like, miming, like, some stuff, but it's the voice. Like, that voice is everything in Empire. The no disintegrations, as you wish. And it's like, oh, God, just the gravelly nature of it. Like, that's, that's like, half of that. Half of it's the costume, the other half is that voice. And I think you're, it's a genuine disservice to the history of the character by not even just mentioning it for 10
0: seconds. Well, you know, it's a good thing we're here to set the record straight. We're going to find some YouTube clips and we're going to, uh, you're going to insert some clips and we're going to find some YouTube clips and spam start, them.
1: Gonna, that's going to be the last like 15 minutes of the episode. Everyone's going to be like, wow, they did like a two
0: hour episode and then like the last like 15 minutes after the credits is just me looping that over you know, and the, over again. The nice thing about that is um, if you cut it tight enough, you probably won't get some sort of weird auto detection by Disney because they're like not defending that audio anymore. At
1: the moment. <laughs> <laughs> that's how people get around selling like bootleg copies of the original trilogy. It, it, it's a that Disney has uh, disowned. Ah, <sighs> that's weird. I, I wonder, like, Chris, you've seen that. Like, I, I can't speak for Zenger and Joe, but like all these like bootleg DVDs that are out there, like, never mind. just like what, 4K77, 4K80, 4K83, if they've gotten to it by now.
0: Well, I actually, they, they got to 83 before 80. I think they've now put out 80, but it's like, they had a lot more trouble assembling Empire. They had to use, they didn't have one single, um, like, uh, Theater theater film print that was good enough in in and of itself that they could just work from that. They had to assemble a bunch of different versions, and I think even one of them was like 16 mil. So it's not as perfect as Star Wars and Jedi, but I I've yet to pick that one up. Fair, but yeah, it's uh I it, I wonder if Lucasfilm this
1: like Disney to a larger extent just doesn't care. Like it's one of those things where it's like you know what like the the underground market. Is uh, satisfying those needs. We, like I said, there's the infamous J.J. Abrams quote from almost two years ago where he was interviewed about this and he gave a very uh, frustrated answer about it. So I, I just wonder if Lucasfilm has just written that off, figuring that like, like yes, we're leaving money on the table, but anybody who cares has already got, has already scratched that itch.
0: I'm sensing no strong opinion about this from Zinger. <laughs>
1: I mean, I have
2: DVDs of the versions of them that I want, like you know the ones where I don't have to listen to more Morrison.
0: Right, but I mean, like that. So this that this is a great point. So like for one, so like I go to these um <clears throat> collector meetups. There's like an Ontario group, and they're all like guys about. 10, 15 years older than me, they collect uh, that. I'm adventures. gonna help you
2: out real quick. If per, in American, that's pronounced Ontario.
0: Yeah, well, there's an Ontario, California, so I think they say it that way too. But but either either way, um, you know, they really, they, if you ask them on paper, the special edition is terrible and the prequels are terrible and like episode seven is kind of good. But like I've I've brought that DVD set like because I have an extra one because like now I have 4K, all all. Uh, for the 4k like illicit versions of those movies so i don't need that dvd set anymore none of them want it and you have it and i'm willing to bet that you probably haven't put it in and played it in a long time because it's really like watching mud compared to disney plus <laughs> and like y- you can't pay people to watch something that looks like they're failing a driver's test when they look at the screen so i don't I don't, you know, I just, it's just like you know that you have it, but you're not watching it, much like how you will continue to not watch Visions ever again, is my prediction. So I'm, <laughs> so, but, but, you know, I don't think people are actually clamoring for it. That's, I think that's part of the reason why they don't highlight that kind of I, I, stuff. I,
1: I, the reason, the reason why people aren't clamoring for it, it's the Lucas quote of like, after X amount of time, like every VH copy will like just like deteriorate in quality and people will forget that exists like I remember this was like a year ago I was talking to somebody at work and like I don't want to say he was a kid but he's about like 10 years younger than me and he had no I like 1920 and he had literally no idea that there were like alternate versions of the original trilogy and he was like a big like contemporary Star Wars fan like prequels onward and I'm like so like what's your opinion like special edition versus like unaltered? and he's like what? And I'm like, yeah, like. And he's like, what do you mean, like different versions? I'm like, oh god, where do I begin? And he's like, yeah, well, I've never heard of these before.
2: Well, Zach, that's a failing on the parents' part,
0: right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's say though, but the the best way for him to compare those would be to find a YouTube video which overlays all of them, because he his whole entire life he's never but had access to physical media of those.
1: That's that's fine. And like, like I like again, like I'm not telling anybody like which version's better but objectively speaking it's it's the it's the versions that existed pre what 1997 like you are fundamentally altering things and this not to make this, this that this discussion cuz this was like what the second episode of the podcast ever was arguing over the special editions but like again it goes back to sebastian shaw it's like i hate the fact that like they've conditioned the fandom at large into like no hey christians makes sense it's like it doesn't. It makes no. sense on zero well, level. it's not
0: they. It's not they. It's Lucas who made that part of his parting deal.
1: No, it's 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 all yes, but also no, no. You have the current Star Wars Illuminati, Cowboy Hat Man, like all of them of the current brain trust that go around every like they haven't done it in a couple of years because like we haven't had like a celebration in a couple of years, but like they'll go around and it's like and, and Cowboy Hat Man has said on the record he's like yeah, it makes sense because that's the version that found salvation. I'm like, no, that's the version that murdered a full of children. I'm like, it's the old man with like singed off eyebrows or with eyebrows that uh, sat there like found salvation.
0: There's, it's, it's a little, I mean, there's a little more to it than that. I think the main, it's like, I, it's a shame that they answer the question that way because like a more reasonable answer to the question would be, that if we have a 12-year-old kid watching these movies all the way through 1 to 6, we want them to understand what's happening at the end.
1: That, no, that, no. That, that, no, wait, no, you that's don't absolutely watch them in that order? It's for the kids.
0: It, My children, please children, think of the the children watch four, five,
2: 6, and then
0: maybe watch the other ones if they feel like it. I'll admit that it's at least 30% for the kids. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I don't think so at all. I think this was Lucas's like obsessive compulsive like nature, and I think Cowboy Hat Man has a narrative, and he's just running with it because Lucas is his idol and mentor. And I right, think that's like, my problem, so, he's looking Lamar, to get
3: fed. That's why he's looking to get paid. He yeah, has well, to say that stuff. The but, guy's but, still alive. Just wait until George Lucas is in the ground, and then you'll see how people really feel about it.
1: I can't I'm, wait. I'm trying I can't I can't wait. Like I I I never I want Lucas to live like a happy, healthy life, but like the moment that man becomes room temperature, like the amount like the floodgates will come down and
3: Exactly. we're
1: going here. Oh exactly. I can't it's, wait. It's gonna oh, be I, like I, I, minutes I, it after eulogy. It's gonna
3: You're be so new. eulogy. Everybody's gonna eat their rotisserie chicken. And they're gonna be like, George, this is for you. And they're gonna eat <laughs> rotisserie chicken. <laughs>
1: they they throw like a public rotisserie chicken like
3: Exactly. Their, like, and
1: they lower the cascade. <laughs>
3: They get the wishbone, and they're like, oh, George, you got the wishbone. Here you go. And they throw it on the basket. And they were like, wow, that special edition crap was really crap.
0: And they're going to
3: express their, their true feelings about it. Oh, my God. So oh you, Zach. It's, it's I all, keep my house been at right 6. Right
2: I'm always room temperature.
3: See, this is what they're going to do. Disney, <laughs> in the quest to make more money, is going to have the Lucas cut of seven eight nine. And it's gonna oh be released in five years. <laughs> all right. And that's what's gonna happen. Because Lucas is, is sitting there and he's trying to look, they got the Willow show coming out now. Wasn't
0: they that an Warwick. amazing rumor? The fact that there was like there was a literally a rumor of like Lucas cuts of the a sequel trilogy as if he like had any deep thoughts about the narrative of those those <laughs> it was it was movies. like on a roll of
3: toilet paper that he had at the hotel and he scrolled down something like i got something for a movie for you yeah and like was- he had
0: ideas before they made them but like like i like could you imagine hearing like lucas like talk about like really engage in a discussion of the plot of the sequel trilogy like like i can't even imagine it in my wildest dreams
3: I, I can give you a hint of it right now. We're gonna have Tamora Morrison and he's gonna be in it and Hayden Christensen's gonna come back as a force ghost because we had him at the end of Return of the Jedi. And it, it's gonna make sense for the kids.
0: Here's actually like like I got I got this. Darth Maul and Darth Talon are gonna be the main antagonists. <laughs> and then I oh was like, God. I'm already I'm already completely sold. Why didn't they do that? <laughs> you can't
1: have sexy Twilight lady with tattoos. Like the oh God.
0: And, and, they're man, both, the and they're both the children thing. And they're both really old. Like Darth Maul's like seventy by that point. <laughs> and like uh Darth Talon, like I, like that she's gotta be old too because like she's from the legacy comics and that's like hundreds of years later. So like it it, it was really like oh like that's real because that's in the Force Awakens art book. Like they're like, This is what Lucas wanted to do. Would have been fun. But uh yeah, I can't imagine him like genuinely, like, debating the pros and cons of, like, the narrative progression through those three movies. Like, I don't think it's possible. It almost does, it almost sounds like it's against the laws of physics to have Lucas actually think about I think, about
1: the- if, I, if I had to guess, like, we all know Lucas did not like episode seven. I imagine he respects episode eight on some level, and that he probably loves nine the most. He has to love nine the most, right? Like, come on, he has to love how just bonkers nine is. And how it just goes all over the place. Like Lucas has to, has to love that because it's the closest to like what his sensibilities like have become as a filmmaker. Lunacy? Yes, exactly. At the he end of scene. To,
3: right? At the end of scene in nine, he would have had Harrison Ford in a yellow pickup come and, and join the, the whole Starfighter pilot.
1: It would have ended like American yeah. graffiti. Like yeah, you I never know. would have known. Like it would have been like, this person died. This person like became an alcoholic and works like a, like a mechanic shop.
3: This person works as KB Toys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, Ron, and, Ron, and Ron Howard went on to direct a Han Solo prequel film. Yeah. <laughs> okay, speaking of uh, ill-advised choices involving Hayden Christensen's Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, let's talk about the Kenobi one-minute sizzle reel that I think is the only thing all of us watched. Zach, how, how many... How-
2: how much profanity can I use
1: um can you can you p g it it's like can you say fudge and heck um,
2: okay fine i I let me So um, I don't have
1: to edit any more than I already have to insert clips. that's more anything that I feel comfortable with
2: okay because' so, most of my description of this is profanity, but I'll see what I can do. I'm just gonna say can you do it can you do barric.
1: can you do sopranos on Pax level thing where you say like I'm just gonna cake. say
2: dank ferrick. A ton because yeah okay you 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 guys give give your opinions I've set up my
1: Joe Yazzo Joe Yazo, tell us what happens in the sixty second long sizzle
3: reel is that is that the illicit one that you sent me
1: uh, y- yes but as that of now Robo? it's legit yeah okay. but it's, Robot but it's not going to
3: not going to take me and
1: no oh oh okay I got to talk about that real oh. quick okay Kenobi sizzle reel it leaked. On Thursday night, I downloaded it, uploaded it to the Knights of Vader Facebook group. And with like 15 seconds, like I got the, uh, Disney has taken this down because uh, you uh, put your fingers in the cookie jar. And I'm like, oh man, I was just waiting for the phone call from their lawyers. Like what happened six years ago when I posted a toy catalog uh, thing on the Rebel Scum forums. I'm just like, I was waiting for that phone call, man. I was waiting and I was severely disappointed.
0: You were you were yeah. within 24 hours of the actual release, so they didn't get take it that far.
1: They didn't take it that far, and get the angry phone call from a lawyer.
0: Yeah, you were too close. But um, J- Joe, so do you have do you, what are you what are your th- initial thoughts, Joe?
3: I think the concept would be good. Uh, the only thing is that you know it's if you if you've watched Star Wars Rebels, then how come none of this has really come to pass yet? You know they they would have shown something, especially when Ezra was on Tatooine.
0: Well, this is this show is going to be before all of Rebels, I think. If I'm not crazy, it's set ten years
2: after Revenge of the Sith, so ten years, nine before. years, a- nine eight years, like
1: eight, what, eight nine years before. Well,
2: okay, a standard galactic year. What's that? It's the same as this place called Eart's
3: years. <laughs> i think it has is promise to to be decent i think it all depends what is, on how, what way they go with it you know it's but,
1: but this is but this is the problem though with this this show is that like like obi-wan kenobi is not supposed to really do anything of value like during this time period like the most exciting thing he does is what essentially happens to Cobb vamp on tatooine where like he get like the gangsters like start beating up on the innocent people, and he steps in and like has to like like low key uses abilities to help like innocent people not be like oh god overrun by like criminal syndicates. That's pretty much. But it. the huts like, are okay. Well, as long it's the idea that like as long as they like stay out of like the territory that Obi One is like protecting. Again, it's that Kenobi novel that I think they're reissuing sometime next year. Like it's essentially that. Like they basically the Cobb banth story is more or less that Kenobi novel that came out like what ten fifteen years ago. Yeah. It's essentially that. Like and, and they and again, it's this weird. I don't even want to call it this weird. Oh God, like consuming of other like of other media, cannibalization maybe of other stories for new characters only to have to like create weird boilerplate stories like for newer, for like new tales and stuff. Or am I just looking at this the wrong way? Chris, I'm curious what your take is on this. Cause I would imagine you're going to be a little more nuanced, about Zenger, but the sentiments give you the same.
0: Okay. So this is, you know, this is feels really important to me. Cause like I've been engaged in pointless Facebook group arguments about the Kenobi show up to today. And, you know, like I, I'm the kind of person who will like I'll be in Facebook groups where they only just like f- like uh, very excitedly applaud every single thing that Film and Disney does. And you show any dissension and you might get comments deleted, stuff like that. Right. So, like, you know, I posted in one such group today that shall remain nameless. I'm
3: that's excited.
0: <laughs> no, no, that's a that's, you know, uh, very. um open-minded group where you can pretty much say a lot of different stuff as long as long as it's not profanity. You're pretty good over there. But, uh, you know, I posted in a a, a very um, accepting group that uh, I'm excited for this series. I think there's uh, there's definitely something to say left for the character. It's just the idea of this this climactic duel with Vader really doesn't necessarily fit with Lucas's six films, in my opinion, because it's just sort of narratively Shifts the last point they contacted each other, and it doesn't doesn't feel right to have them have a serious battle between three and four, in my opinion.
2: Ding, ding, ding! Give them a surprise, so, everybody. I mean,
0: but but you know, so that Kenobi novel, like you guys were talking about, like that's what I want. It's but that the problem is. That's sort of the Seven Samurai story, like like the Kurosawa movie. And the problem is they've done that like three times recently in different shows. So I, I think I don't. Maybe they're conscious enough to realize they've done like a Clone Wars, uh, Clone Wars season seven, uh, Mandalorian episode, all like that, and they can't do it again. I I'm I'm guessing that like uh, like maybe they're conscious enough to realize they've literally hit the nail on the head so directly, like. By the way, this is a Kurosawa reference. <laughs> they, that they can't do it in a six-episode series so explicitly. Because that's kind of what that novel is. And that novel is great. But that novel is also great because it it centers the story on him uh, sort of keeping Luke safe rather than having him go on some crazy adventure where he encounters Vader. You
2: know, I just had a thought. Because, yes, him him encountering Vader irritates me to no end. It It completely ruins good movies and good stuff for the sense of what? Nothing. Pleasing Zach, I don't think so. I will not have that on this podcast. Um, But, I mean, overall, here's the thing that really irritates me, though, is, like, why? Why do we have that? But the thought I had was this. What if that's not Obi-Wan? What if it's thrown up there as a mislead on purpose?
0: Like why like, is if,
2: Vader hunting down other Jedi still?
0: Like it's his name's Obi Wan, but when he dies you find out that it wasn't really he like he took on the name of his master or something like that. You
2: no, know, I'm just saying that the person he's fighting in that sizzle reel thing isn't actually Obi Wan. I don't
0: think they would I don't think they would do that
2: because they it's know It's just that him uh, killing another Jedi.
0: Yeah, like I mean that that one panel of concept art could be, and I kind of hope so because it looks far too derivative of the Mustafar battle. Like, if they really have another like lava battle, like please help me. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. So like that, like that's that's the thing, right? Like I'm not making a huge deal out of it. I expect that it will be good. I think the fact that it's six episodes will make it infinitely better. I feel like if they had to restructure the writing of those Mandalorian seasons so that they were six episodes, they like, I'd, they probably, i probably feel better about them because there wouldn't be those weeks where it's like, this didn't contribute a whole lot to the story. So I think that it's going to be narratively really tight and like, they'll have something to say every episode, but it's just how they're going to handle that uh, confrontation with Vader, which from day one, Kathleen Kennedy, when she announced it, and uh, Ewan McGregor came out on stage with her, and like said, he's going to play Obi Wan again. The, I like. I feel like that week there was a quote from her saying something like "rematch of the century." So like the Vader Obi Wan duel was on the table. Like basically when the series was announced,
1: that's been their that's been their marketing tagline for this entire thing. It's it's two part. It's Ewan McDonald is back. And rematch. And it's like okay, like I have to think. Like I can see how they're going to do this, but I just don't see how it's not just like spinning your wheels. Because like what how I because there's no way for Vader and Obi Wan to fight on Tatooine. That would just it's too close to Luke. I could see something happening where where Obi Wan has to leave Tatooine, and then you get your thing. Because like there's two lines of dialogue from A New Hope that that. That reference them meeting again. You have the, he's more machine than man, which there's no way Obi Wan would have known that unless he would have encountered Vader in some capacity. Or seeing
2: bids of him just yeah. everywhere. But I mean, it's
1: a. But, like he, but how, it, but how, but how, but how uh, yeah, but fine, whatever. That's, their, that's one in for them. And then the second one, the second line is Vader saying, you shouldn't have come back like that's their two ends to this and I could see it where maybe Zenger this is where you get your Starkiller Vader fight where once again you have a rematch and Vader loses so badly and and that's the thing I don't know I I don't know how you have them do a rematch and it has any dramatic stakes after that because it has to go back It eventually has to conclude at the Death Star duel um Uh, that
0: go ahead Oh, I was just yeah. going to say, uh, Judge Zinger, for the record, um, when Obi-Wan said he's more machine now than man, uh, he was dead and as such in touch with the Cosmic Force, so wouldn't have had to watch it on TV.
3: Count
0: it. <laughs> because the good parts
3: of him, the the good parts of him right? got sliced off on Mustafar. Uh, uh,
2: yeah, he's, <laughs> sitting there, he's like, yeah, I know what I cut off of him. Exactly. He's I have it right here with
3: me. See, I have I have two legs and an arm. It's right here. <laughs> He pulls them out of a knapsack. He's like, "See, I keep
2: him I around know. for company."
3: No, I keep him around so when he when he finally redeems himself, we could reattach him. <laughs> <So> he becomes <laughs> complete a complete ghost. ghost.
0: Yeah, but 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 like I know, I believe it will be good because I I really do. It's just like there's this whole there's a, like for a while there was this narrative like how funny is it if you watch the movies in order this crazy duel that Obi-Wan and Anakin have only to see them that followed up with the duel that's in a new hope right well like how much more magnified is that when they have to one up the episode 3 duel but not only that but Vader's already in his his uh Vader armor so like the contrast is even Magnified more hilariously versus the A New Hope fight, so I just it. I well, find I it
1: think I think with I think with they're, they're gonna play on that though. I think this is gonna be one of the angles of that is that you're gonna have the notion of in on Mustafar you had a very arrogant Darth Vader who was young, and now you had ten years elapsed where he is the Dark Lord of the Sith. And I think you're like much like how in the Rebels, Kenobi versus Maul fight, it ends very uh, intentionally, very abruptly. I think it's gonna be you're gonna have a very emboldened Vader, and I think the thing is, Vader's going to sit there. I don't want to say humiliate Kenobi, but it's gonna send him with his tail between his legs. And I think that's why like, you have. Like, if you think like, again, you have to look at these movies the same way that Lucasfilm is in that like we have to look at every single moment for a nook or cranny to make our own story out of. and think of the moment where right after like in A New Hope uh, close the blast doors close the blast doors as we see Chewie and Han run through as it's closing open the blast doors open the blast doors and then we have like Obi-Wan with the lightsaber ignited um, like, or not ignite, but like with like, in it, the hilt in his hand, and we have Vader standing in the hallway with it ignited already, and like Alec Guinness has like this like I don't want to say frightened pause, but alarmed pause. I think that's what they're going for. I'm gonna I think their angle on this is, whereas Obi Wan completely god destroys Vader in Episode Three. It's gonna be. Obi-Wan's going to be very, very emboldened by what he's doing during this series, whether it be fighting Inquisitors, whether it be pushing back on the Empire's evil, and then it's going to conclude with – and we all know this duel's going to be saved for the final episode. They're not going to blow their wad Uh, two or three episodes in. No, they're not going to do that. Um, they're going – because they already said this is going to be like a mini – it's is going to be like, like a one-off. They've already said that. Could that change? Of course, if, if the ratings are that good, of course they can always mine it for more. But I do think this is going to be safe for your your last episode, your sixth episode. And I think it's going to be is Vader's going to wipe the floor with Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan's going to come within like an inch of his life. And then it's going to end with like like Obi-Wan finding the hut that he we see in A New Hope. And it's going to be like, okay, I have to lay low now. I cut it, I, I, this came way too close to not just my life, but exposing uh, my guardianship of Luke, and I have to do this. Because there's also the thing, too, that apparently they cast a young Leia in this. So we're going to see 10-year-old Leia at some point. Um, so I, I, I can only assume Basil or will show up. Will we see Alderon? Will we actually get to see like Alderaan, like as an actual thing, and not just like two establishing shots in Revenge of the Set? Um there's that angle. So, but again, my, my take on this is going to be Obi-Wan's gonna be humiliated not humiliate, but just he's gonna be come within an inch of his life. And that's gonna be the oh my god, can you believe that happened? Like it's it's gonna be the the Darth Vader at the end of Rogue One. I think they're gonna lean into that, considering that was the last ubiquitous thing that was loved by Disney Star Wars, outside of Luke Skywalker, Mandalorian season two disagree (laughs) okay any reason why in particular or just blanket disagree
2: when i left you i was but the learner now i am the master see it wouldn't work that line doesn't
1: work then none of this matt this shouldn't happen to begin with it shouldn't exist exactly
2: that's why i think it's a fake out we're not gonna have a rematch i think it's gonna just be a different jedi he fights
1: that would be so Obi-Win's underwhelming. Obi-Wan's going to be
2: doing other stuff. Vader's going to be doing not other stuff.
1: Have, if they promised people now twice that this is the rematch of the century, look at the way the goddamn man babies got mad at Luke Skywalker not physically being on the salt planet. If they were to sit there and play this as a fake out, oh, good Lord, all the goodwill they would have created would have been like incinerated instantaneously.
2: He fights some guy named, I don't know, uh, makeup name, Justin,
0: Galen Merrick. Zanger, I think if you pay close attention to the language used, he says, "When I left you." So, regardless of if they met in the interim, that would be referring to when he was no longer uh, a Jedi.
2: Oh, wait, hold on. I'm also holding anything in Star Wars
0: um, sacred. So my bad, I forgot. I do There's that too. Crap all over it. No, I've been fighting with these guys all day because, like, the, pro- the- here's the problem, right? There's you can always find. A, a little space to to for this to exist if you like super analyze the dialogue in a new hope and sort of say well maybe he meant this or that and there's that line in return of the jedi where he, vader says obi-wan once thought as you do and we don't get a sense of that in well i mean you could argue that that's in reference to some of their dialogue during the duel in revenge of the sith but the point is lucas didn't envision when he made episode three that there'd be six hours of obi-wan possibly re-interacting with vader in in that gap so that's really what i'm coming down to you can find a dialogue justification for it but for me it's like like he made episode three thinking that that was going to be the last word on their interactions from a cinematic perspective so it's sort of like do you look at this as like the solo movie where it like you'd have to be a madman to watch it in a a marathon of the Star Wars films in sequence as a sort of add-on because it really adds nothing to the overall story and further confuses it. Or do you look at it as like its own its own thing? It might be okay if you look at it as its own thing, but if he fights Vader and it's like weird and there's like actual character progression, it it seems a little out of place to me. Well,
1: I think it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, again recluse Obi Wan. Obi-Wan, like, is trying to still, 10 years later, adapt to, like, his current life, and like, even look at, like, the uh, the the cantina. The fact that Obi-Wan whips out that lightsaber so easily means that he's emboldened at that point. So it's like, okay, like, and I think there's gonna be that juxtaposition. There's gonna be some point where we see, much like, we we know for the Mandalorian, they built the cantina scene uh, the set. We know there's gonna be a moment in this where Obi-Wan is at the bar, and he sees some poor, like, innocent kid getting beat up, and he looks the other way.
2: It's going to be, like Luke. We, it's going to be Luke getting the crap knocked out of him. He's just going to be like, ah, kid should have learned better.
1: Kid will learn better. Will learn better. He's a future pen. Um, <laughs> he
0: should have had the high ground. <laughs> yeah, Luke's clearly not- never been in the cantina before, New Hope. But, yeah, you know, I see what you're saying. That's a great idea, and they are silly if they don't do that. Because he's gonna see like your per- like that's perfect. He'll see some horrible injustice, but realize that he can't uh, put his neck out there and compromise his uh his But I think
1: but, I think but I think that's gonna have to happen because it's gonna like we saw from like when we only got what, four pieces of concept art, maybe five, and one of them is seeing like the Inquisitors land on Tatooine. And it's like, okay, clearly he and does something female. that blips on well, it's, if you look at it closely, it's the second sister from uh, Fallen Order. But if you she look at, dead. I know she's dead. That's the thing. So clearly, it's just being used as like like a placeholder image. It's not like right. specifically that Inquisitor.
0: Yeah, it might as be well be from Dan um,
2: one. from Rebels.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be uh, the fifth brother.
2: No, I meant the other one from Rebels.
1: Uh, the ninth sister. Sure, let's go with that. I'll see Sarah, the Vampire Sarah, Slayer. Sarah Michelle Gellar, Miss Miss Mrs. Freddie Prince Jr. Um, no, I I think like what's gonna have to happen in the show, and like you said, it's gonna be it's gonna be six episodes, probably if I had to guess, anywhere from thirty to forty five minutes per episode, just based on everything else they've done. And it, it's gonna be Obi Wan like the first episode's gonna be establishing the mood of what's currently happening, and he's gonna do something that's gonna blip on their radar. And then, like the inquisitors are going to be sent out. He's going to dispatch an inquisitor or two, and then Vader. It's going to be like think of like what happened with uh, Ahsoka and rebels. It's give. I would imagine it has to follow a very similar trajectory to that. It has to it's like poetry. It rhymes. There, that too. And even look at what happened. If it weren't for the fact that uh, Ezra does time travel, Ahsoka would have died during that duel. She was going to be overwhelmed. And I think the the thing is, is that Obi-Wan's that's gonna be the thing, Obi-Wan's gonna become very, very close to that, and he's just gonna barely escape. And that's gonna be the lesson that definitively teaches him he has to lay low. He can no longer be a hero of the Republic.
2: Until Darth Maul comes and then I face him in battle. I don't know why I'm doing the George Lucas voice for Obi-Wan, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> But even look at, but even take that moment from rebels in that like the moment Maul references like, oh, you're here for a reason. Like, and then like the moment Maul figures that out, like Obi Wan just like takes the lightsaber out. And I think that's the thing. I time to die. Exactly. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a very similar moment like that with Vader and Obi Wan where it's like, why would why would you go to that thing? Like why would you come to my past? And then it's like, okay, oh crap. Like I got too close. Have to back off. I think that's what they're gonna it has to be that. They have to play on the idea that Obi-Wan was the clear victor in episode three. How do we subvert that expectation? We have him be the definitive loser of this ne- next roundabout. Joe Yazo, thoughts?
3: Oh. oh, man, I have so many thoughts right now. Well, not only because Luke is on Tatooine, but Anakin doesn't want to go back to Tan- Tatooine, Vader, because that's where his mother died. That's where sand is. That's where sand, he hates sand. It gets everywhere. And he's got and he's got his fancy new mechanical suit, so it would go in everywhere. Even though his in the comics stuff. he goes to
2: like tattooing like every other week, it seems like.
1: Well that's after but, he knows that Luke Skywalker, like, like was from No, that.
2: this no, this was before that. If I remember correctly.
1: Is this Canon
2: or Legends? No, this is Canon. He's gone to tattooing a few times. It's it's mostly the yell at Boba Fett.
1: This is all like post a new hope, right?
2: I want to say because I know he he does stuff with Java in the comics too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it the canon hope. The canon comics don't start start before a new hope. I don't think so. That makes sense. I've definitely seen a cover where Vader was like in front of Java, like in the palace, which was very off putting to me.
3: Like you guys said, it it's it's got it's got some things that. It could be, but what I would be really excited to see is Liam Neeson come back as Qui Gon, as a Force Ghost, and that's where he learns how to communicate with the Nether Realm. I think that's going to be one of the one of the key episodes. I completely and forgot I think about that. Qui Gon <laughs> is going to try and get him to go and turn Vader, and I think that's what this whole epi- that's what this whole arc is going to be about. I think Kenobi is going to lose horribly, and he's going to go back with his tail between his legs, and that's when he's going to go back to Tatooine.
2: You know, I thought you were going to say, um, and Qui-Gon's trying to convince him to kill himself so that he can become a horse ghost
3: too. Yeah, he's lonely. Qui-Gon's lonely. But after <laughs> Order 66, he's not as lonely.
1: <laughs> and, he, and he
3: says, and he asks Obi-Wan, he goes, wait a minute, I have two legs and an arm here. Whose are these?
1: <laughs> I,
3: I, got them, I got them saved for you. But I think that Liam Neeson. I I think I heard that he was a part of Kenobi.
1: That that's I had not heard that.
3: I I know that they were talking about it, and he was he was on some of these late night appearances. I saw blips and little articles. It was like yeah, they got this new Disney Plus show coming out. Uh, who knows? So that's I think kind of coy way of him saying that he's probably going to be coming back for that. But if they do that, that's that's going to be. Like a whole nother level, and that's that could be the catalyst of why Obi-Wan would try and go after, not go after, but try and reason with Vader, especially 10 years after.
1: (laughs) All right, anything else about the Kenobi show? Zenger, do you did you uh voice your thoughts?
2: No, I mean, actually, everyone did a good job of voicing them for me about like the whole fight doesn't make sense, I'm against it. I'm, I'm having that put on the record so that when I'm all hyped about it, you can point to this and be like, remember when you said you hated the
3: idea? I'll be like, that's fake. <laughs> but I don't, okay. I don't think it's... it's Obi-Wan's not going to get beaten like uh, like Zack thinks. I think Obi-Wan's going to withdraw. He's not the one that's going to start the fight. Vader is. And yeah. all he's trying to do is deflect, 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 deflect. Well, oh, cool. of oh, course. This way he's... You know, he's trying to save him. He's not trying to anger him even further. He's trying to get reason with the guy.
1: But that's but that's what I mean, though. It's like, it's not like, I don't know. I don't think Obi-Wan's going to go in and be like, okay, like, like I'm going to murder him. I don't think that's the uh, intent. Um, it would be fascinating if we got to see, uh, if we got to see an angry Obi-Wan that wants some level of vengeance and we see him kind of, like, like fall off the wagon when it comes to Jedi principles. That would be interesting. Um, seeing, like, all the atrocities made. I like, think about it. Like, remember, if everybody forgets this, but like in Revenge of the Sith, Obi-Wan's trying to kill him at the end of that movie. Like it's not just number. He's the one who ignites his lightsaber first, not Hayden Christensen. So I could see it another angle of this being like, oh God, I let this monster, like I didn't finish him off. Like I showed him mercy. Well, mercy, or I, I figured the lava was going to do its work. It didn't do it like well enough. And then he goes, oh God, like look at all the atrocities he's committing. I have to finish what I started. I could see that being another angle. But it wow. takes
2: ten years.
1: for like, okay, alive. Time for me. He's to He's up. He's a living as a hermit. How would he know about this? If he's living in the middle of the desert in Tatooine, or just as a nomad, I think about it. Tatooine is like. There's a reason why Lucas Raiders that. talk. <laughs>
2: they
0: They're gossiping. I
1: don't know. I could see that too. Like everybody forgets, man. Obi Wan is Husker out for blood at the end of Revenge of the Sith.
0: Yeah, you're you're not wrong. Like Anakin has become like a mythical Sith Lord-ish person who, like Obi Wan, has like only had rumors of for all of his training and a brief encounter with with Darth Maul. So you know, with all of that entrenched Jedi Order upbringing, you can almost understand why he's the first one to ignite his lightsaber. So I think he would view Vader as a problem that needs to be corrected and. He's probably beyond redeeming after what we saw happen in the end of episode three. So I think well, you're even, on the right
1: even, track. Even thinking in like in the original trilogy, the big thing is, in, in especially Empire and Jedi, is Obi Wan egging Luke on to kill Vader. It's like I can't kill my own father. Then the Emperor has already won. It's like, and I think that's the thing. Like Obi Wan has written him off since Revenge of the Sith. Like as in, like okay, he needs to die. Like, the only moment he pushes back against Yoda is in that moment after they see the security footage. And Yoda's like, the boy you, you trained is gone, consumed by Darth Vader. I don't know. I could see that being Obi-Wan's thing. Like, we see him, like, off the wagon. He's a nomad. And he, I, he's like, I have to finish what I started. I will do what I must. And that's what he, and he seeks out Vader in a way. Like, wouldn't that, okay, think about it. If you're, okay, this is like, imagine Pitchman Zenger, but this time it's Lucasfilm. Like, can't you see them, like, in, like, in the conference room, and, like, they're pitching this series, and they're, like, imagine, like, we know Obi-Wan is, like, this humble, like, well-mannered character who only, like, acts in defense, but wouldn't it be interesting if he plays this cat-and-mouse game with the Inquisitors to lure Vader out of hiding? Like, wouldn't that, like, can't you imagine them being, like, okay, and we have this, and so the six-part series ends with, like, after Obi-Wan has, like, set all these traps for for Vader... Vader steps in them and then just like after all this planning we've seen Kenobi do for five and a half episodes, Vader just walks in, just plows right through them and just gives him like this unbridled like rage and anger we've never seen Vader do. Like remember, they know Vader just like being Vader, i.e., ending of Rogue One, is like a guaranteed like grand slam with the fans. And what better way of doing that than watching Vader do that to Obi-Wan, who we think is infallible. And Vader turning the tables on him. Because remember, they're going to do the same thing they did with Vader in Rogue One. They're going to use him. Like, he will be in this, but he's going to be used very sparingly. They know Vader's a trump card. That's one thing we got to give Lucasfilm credit for. They know how to use him sparingly. So I don't think he's going to be this thing that constantly, like, he's going to be the thing that's hyped up for this entire series. And then we're going to get him all at once at the end. Like, he'll be there sprinkled throughout. Don't get me wrong. But, like, you're going to get more of him in that last episode than every other episode combined. And I think that's their angle on this. That's going to be their angle. Is that, like, wouldn't it be interesting if Obi-Wan's the one, like, trying to, like, set traps for him and then Vader just comes and just obliterates him. And that's something we've never seen before.
3: That would be out of character,
1: though. No, it's not. He he goes to Mustafar to murder him. And
2: he killed poor, innocent General Grievous.
1: (laughs) He shot him in the chest. <laughs> he saw him in the lungs. After no, I
2: challenging him.
1: I don't I don't think Joe, it's out of character probably one. He literally think about it. He sits there, dismembers Anakin, and then <laughs> instead of finishing him off, lets him burn to death. I don't think and like I said, he torments him technically. Like, like it's heartfelt, but he torments him. You were my brother, Anakin. That's the thing. Takes his weapon. He, couldn't,
3: he could not do the killing blow. He he decided to let the lava do it for him because he was like his brother. And the only but- person to get him up and moving and into action would be Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon would be sitting there communicating with him as a force ghost and he would say that he can be redeemed. He can be redeemed. I know there is good in him. He is the chosen one. He will bring balance to the force. And then what he's going to do is he's going to get Qui-Gon in his head and it's going to be almost be like Obi-Wan and uh, Obi-Wan and Luke, where he's going to be sitting there talking to him through the whole thing.
2: Hold on one second. Wasn't there a detours skit where Qui-Gon's basically bothering Obi-Wan yes. all the time? Yes, yes.
1: Ha!
3: And that's <laughs> what makes him time. call to action to go and and to try and save him. And the only reason why he gives that advice to Luke is because he tried it himself and he failed. That was another failure that he he put on himself. And that's why he, he redoubled his exile and he didn't do anything after that. Just watched over Luke because he thought Luke was the key. But it's oh, yeah. going to be something like that.
1: I remember, Remember, Obi-Wan wants, to, wants Luke to kill Vader in the original trilogy.
3: Because he can't be saved. He tried to save him. Okay. That's the thing. But that, That's against, the only reason why. He's beyond redemption because he tried to redeem him himself. If I don't brother, know. I
1: think – I know, but remember, it's also been 10 years of Obi-Wan like, living in the desert as a hermit. Like that has to – like this is not going to be the same Obi-Wan we left off with as he's like handing baby Luke to Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. I don't think this is going to be the same character. This is going to be a very – like I could see them doing this like a very tired and very just like – belittle oh god uh oh god uh weary Obi Wan. I don't think you're gonna get the same like like hopeful Obi Wan. I don't think you're gonna get that. I think you don't get that new hope Obi Wan until a new hope. I think you're gonna get a very tired and like almost weirdly angry Obi Wan in this. You gotta make him interesting. You gotta do something different with the
3: character. Not super of different. Of course but the thing is this he's going to after after he meets the biggest thing that you're not the Vader fight is going to be big, but the bigger fight is that he's going to go and he's going to go see Yoda on Dagobah.
1: Oh, Jesus, please don't do that. Please don't do that. I, and Yoda's, Yoda's going to sit there and say the mission. Otherwise, Zach.
3: Yoda what? is going to redefine his mission and say that, oh, that his God, mission is, no. the, is the son of Skywalker. I can almost note this oh, time and oh, date. God. It's 825 <laughs> on eleven thirteen two thousand twenty one 2021 <laughs> at Inamidop. All right, year of our Lord. <laughs> Notate it. Uh, All right, put it I in I don't there. think there's enough the episodes. Yoda's gonna,
0: Yoda's,
1: gonna
3: Yoda's gonna be in this in this in this show.
1: I know he is. I don't want right? that.
3: And it's gonna be in the. I don't DNA. want
1: any of this. And if they're gonna have a this.
3: season two, it's gonna be Obi Wan on Dagobah, going back to Dagobah and counseling with Yoda.
2: So what oh, we gonna do about this guy?
0: Do You guys you make chicken. Do you guys remember that time in uh, Clone Wars Season 6 where like Yoda's talking to the spirit of Qui-Gon and he's like, so, uh, you want to just tell me who the Dark Lord is? And Qui-Gon's like, mm, I'm not sure if I can do that. <laughs> he goes,
3: spoilers.
1: Okay, anything else about Kenobi or do you want to transition to uh, the Book of Djarin?
3: I think I think we got the, the Obi-Wan pretty much covered. Okay, it's It's
0: going to be good, clearly. All right, how about... It's going to be interesting.
3: It's going to be fun to watch. And that's the one thing I can say. It's only six episodes, so everyone's interest is going to be peaked. They don't have to put a lot of filler in it.
1: They'll always put a filler in it. There'll be an entire episode with a bunch of droids go to like a dust planet. Like the You're the see R2 frog and guy,
3: three PO because Anthony Daniels needs a paycheck, damn it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh God, he hasn't been any I am kinda shocked they haven't shoehorned 3PO and uh, R2D2 into The Mandalorian. I'm surprised yeah. they haven't gotten shoehorned. <laughs> oh God. Alright season three. Oh God, don't give them any any further ideas. Um all right, the book of Tony Soprano. Thoughts on the Book of Boba Fett trailer?
0: I'd just like uh, to point out that R2-D2 is in The Mandalorian. I'm done.
1: It's what? Where? Oh, he is. He's with Processing. Luke. What? He's with Luke. Oh, oh, God. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That, does, that, does, good, that doesn't good, count. Good, good, good Don't count. Good, unless, catch. Unless, good catch. Unless Kenny Baker is there, it doesn't Unless they're together. Like, 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 unless they're together, it doesn't count. It has to be, like, Rogue One level. Like They have to both be there, just shoehorned into a sequence. It doesn't count unless they're both there. Even in Rebels, they were both there together. If one's
0: there without the other, it doesn't count.
1: Kenny Baker's not there, it doesn't count. Now you're I
0: mean, right? I think that, I think if we're going by, like, G-level canon, like, R2-D2's really the one recording all of the galaxy Gal- political events. I know.
1: Okay, Book of Boba Fett trailer, damn it.
2: I'm excited, and... And sitting here in anticipation and blindly indifferent, <laughs> because okay. um, I, I I have zero expectations for this show, like zero. And that's a good thing. When I say I have zero expectations, it means I have no clue what I want out of this. So I'm on board for whatever they decide to try to do. So that's my opinion on it. The trailer looked like a thing. <laughs> He's going to have his helmet off a lot, which is going to confuse me even more. Because I'm like, how do we go from a character who never took his helmet off to a character who does nothing but take his helmet off?
0: The Sarlacc juices, man. Like, he was never comfortable again.
2: I don't like your defense of these bad decisions they make.
0: How else can they constantly remind us that it's Tamira Morrison? But, you know, the trailer was weird, right? Like, it's not, you're, it's not one of those trailers where you watch it and you're like, I could not be more hyped for this. Like you know like like the Rise of Skywalker trailer, amazing trailer, masking the fact that the movie is like sheer insanity. Like you <laughs> could you could do a trailer like that for the book of Boba Fett. It's not hard. They had definitely have enough footage and they could find a music track that would trick us that it's going to be like the best thing of the decade. They didn't do that. It's a lot of sort of like I the the way they're sort of presenting his like leadership style of the underworld is very non-threatening. So like I don't like you know the, he's sort of de-escalating the uh, pointless violence in the underworld, which like that's not the that's not the most exciting way to make a trailer. I don't know like if if we're supposed to be hyped up by Boba Fett's uh, higher higher grade values than Jabba the Hutt had. It's an interesting thought. I think what we're dealing with is we're seeing a trailer based on the first episode or two. And that's what I'm hoping. And I'm hoping there's a whole story here that we know nothing about. That is the actual core story of this series. He needs to get a new uh, Rancor.
1: <laughs> there's a rumor going around about like a Rancor sequence in this, that, that it sounds fine, but uh, we'll save that in due time. All right, Joe thoughts on the book of Tony Soprano.
3: Oh man. This character, Boba Fett was an awesome character because there was an air of mystery about him. They're using him, they're overusing him, and they're going to just play him out to death because he was the most popular character and he had, what, maybe 10 minutes of screen time total in the two movies, in the original one? If that.
0: If that. I believe, I believe the new documentary says six something. Oh my and, God, and, really? And uh, even, even of that six and a half minutes across two films, Jeremy Bullock is not even all of that because they show this like awesome like like '80s stunt guy who did the one jetpack shot too. So, uh, but carry on six and a half minutes or so.
3: Okay, six and a half minutes, thank you. Um, but the, I think it's, this is this is just shoehorn. It's 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 going for people. It's a stunt to get money. Um, is it going to be good? I hope so. Is it? I don't know. You know, I. I I have a better feeling about the Kenobi show than I would something like this. Because if, if Boba Fett was a big time player, then he would have been in this in the sequel trilogy, I think.
2: Which is why he dies at the end.
0: <laughs> well, right. he he you know, he used to be in the in the old expanded universe, he used to be have a very interesting post Return of the Jedi story that involved like he had like, he had this crazy extended family with like grandchildren and like he eventually helped rebuild uh, Mandalore and like he had the title of Mandalore for a little while when he was like a real old man. So like, you know, he used to be like, there's a lot of, I mean, you know, the, the fans of all that material are not voting with their dollars anymore and nobody is pandering to them. <laughs> but, 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 you know, he used to have like a lot of like heavier backstory that I think. Um, I think the current perspective, canon-wise, is that we've seen his whole life, more or less, right? From the little experiences we have where he's sort of, like, learning his craft in the Clone Wars, and then, you know, he's sort of on ice while he's in the Sarlacc for five years, and we don't see him in the sequel trilogy, so... But, I mean, that's just because they didn't... Obviously, if you know anything about the sequel trilogy, it's because they didn't think about him or, like, thought that would be confusing or take away screen time from no other characters they were doing. yeah yeah yeah. so like I wouldn't read too much into the fact that he's not in the sequel trilogy but um, I, you know they're not gonna I don't think they're gonna inject a whole lot of backstory to him that's stuff we haven't seen because I they the common conception of him is that we've basically seen his whole life I just hope there's a story here that um sort of like like I don't know if this was meant to be part of the uh, Disney plus TV series extravaganza that like refolds into like some sort of quasi remake of the, um, the Thrawn trilogy. But like, I hope it sort of ties back into Mandalorian season three and like something to do with, uh, the sort of retaking of Mandalore. Like, I hope it has something to do with that because I don't don't, like the trailer doesn't present a lot of opportunity for him to have a sort of meaningful arc of any kind.
3: It almost seems like they're setting it up for a, uh, almost like a shadow of the empire type story where he's going to be the new Prince Izor. I went Dash Rendar.
0: I mean, Kira is the new Prince Isor. Everybody knows that, Joe. Ain't that the truth. Nobody else is reading the comics. That's fine. Uh, but, you know, they, they're, they're filling in stuff with that, that, uh, they... They may have done with Solo, 2 or the Lando series, which I think that's an, the the Lando series. Maybe there's been news on that, but I think that's another casualty of something they shouldn't have announced because there's like no way they're gonna get it to work. Like so, like like that's uh, that's another fun uh, recent news topic of like uh, Star Wars uh, films or TV shows that have been announced that are probably not gonna happen or ever see the light of day at this point. Ooh,
1: I've I lost got a track good one. How
2: many of those? I got a good one. Everyone okay. Got detours
1: that was made it was just practically never announced that was well, i the just problem. want it
3: give it to me
0: that's what did they sign actually-
3: they signed donald glover for orlando
0: i don't think that ever mm-hmm. happened and and i think there was a, a sort of unofficial story to the contrary that 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 it wasn't going to happen with him
3: they're going oh billy d billy d yes get Billy D back in the the Lando
0: see, see how nobody's humoring that you know <laughs> nobody's yep. having any of that yeah but uh, but um but you know like that's like like uh there's rumors that that Donald Glover's like like dare i say sort of hard to work with so i don't know if a, the Lando show would like it's just a weird sort of announcement it's like they maybe thought they would continue um i have to go you have to go back and look when that was announced be, like in contrast to it like just, it was last year it was last year this time okay. last year. So like the so so like I guess they uh, maybe that was a spot where they were gonna sort of deal with some of the the loose ends from that they wanted to continue from the solo movie. Maybe a way to get Amelia Clark back in the mix for a, a couple things. I don't I don't know, but I just don't you know I don't. It seems like a weird um, piece. I don't really see it happening because how far out chronologically are you gonna, chronologically are you gonna get from the solo movie? uh and show those characters like th- that's a weird thing star wars really hasn't addressed right because like in canon it's kind of like one actor plays that character like like <laughs> this is getting a little bit uh a little bit into the weeds but like physically in canon Alden Ehrenreich has to become Harrison Ford at some point in the intervening 10 years so you can't show like Alden Ehrenreich 5 years after the movie, solo movie chronologically because you have CGI Mark Hamill in The Mandalorian, right? So it's kinda like how how far out do you want to take that storyline before it gets weird?
1: I could see Alden Aaron showing up in uh in in the Cal Endor series. I could see him showing up there. Like briefly. Like maybe like like a character of the week.
0: Yeah, if it's like seven years before Rogue One, I don't know exactly where that's supposed to land. But um <laughs> It's all sort of in the same zone, I guess. The Cassian Andor are, and the Obi Wan show are like sort of in the same area, but I just mm-hmm. I just don't know if there's anything le- like I, like the Lando show along with Rangers of the New Republic and uh, and Rogue Squadron, Rogue Squadron. And, Rogue Squadron I just, and Ryan just like, Johnson
1: trilogy, in the yeah, Benioff and Wise trilogy.
0: Well, you know, at least the Ryan Johnson. And uh, trilogy and the Benioff and Weiss trilogy didn't have like a logo and a title and that presentation board, <laughs> at least that. And but, it's uh, like a TV movie, yeah, and a Kevin Feige movie, which is the most likely to happen of all these things, <laughs> even we, the ones please, that are I, done production. I but, am.
1: Uh, I, I real quick, I know like this is a rumor that's going around that allegedly, and I can't put enough around, like, quotation marks around the word allegedly, that Chloe Zhao would be the one to direct. The Star Wars Kevin Feige movie, and I know this kind of show up in the Knights of Vader Facebook group for a moment, but like, I want to watch the internet burn down if we get the Eternals directed direct the Marvel Star Wars movie.
0: So is that because the Eternals is like very underwhelming? Because that's the, what I've heard. It's
1: it, okay. Fun fact about Eternals is that it's it's the same as every Marvel movie. It's just that people for some reason decided to actually like kind of like wake up and be like, oh, these movies really aren't that stimulating. Um Eternals is just as goofy and dumb as the other Marvel movies are. It's it's and it's well, it's stimulating enough that I was never bored when I watched it. Um it's it's not Thor the Dark World bad. It's not Black Widow bad. Um it's just very it's it's more episode Iron Man eight. Three bad. No, Iron Man Three is not a bad movie. It just makes it some is odd choices. It's a terrible
0: movie. You're I, a terrible I, movie. I, like as a non-comic True. fan, as a non-comic fan, I love the the Mandarin stuff. How he was like a fake actor. Like I know that really annoyed a lot of people who like actually like that character and like the the like comic version of it. But I thought that was pretty good.
1: Oh, that, oh, that was Etern- Eternals is more like again. I don't think it's as good. It's it's nowhere near as good as the Last Jedi. But it's closer to that like tonally than than like. Other things, so that's where it is. It's like I don't know why critics are mad at Eternals. I really don't. To me, it's no worse than anything else um, that Marvel's done. But I just find it fascinating that the director that everybody seems to be dogpiling, like the first director that's genuinely been dogpiled on when it comes to Marvel nonsense, is somehow the one that like is the rumored choice to like lead this Marvel Star Wars project.
0: I have like I've missed all this dogpiling. Like I don't. Like is the Eternals being that badly received that like oh, that's yeah. what you're talking
1: about? Oh God, yeah. Like Zenger, Z- am I wrong?
0: I have heard a lot
2: of feedback from it, and it's been mostly meh to not positive. So, like, I mean, the
3: downfall of MCU. Well, no I is, don't think it's a downfall it's, it, it, it is isn't just, it isn't but people are treating it like it is That's the thing is they get they hit they hit gold with Guardians of the Galaxy and they thought that they, that some of these more underwhelming properties that Marvel had they had another they had a team of cosmic beings and it's gonna be like the Avengers but then it doesn't fit because if there was a, a team of cosmic individuals that could sit there and wipe the floor with Thanos all together, then what the hell were the Avengers doing? And that's no, the thing. It's, it's why were they on the bench when everyone was was. That's one of the big things, and they actually put it in the trailer. That where were you when when the snap happened? Where were you? Why didn't you help then? But it's that's they they made their own problems.
0: With well, it. yeah, it's hard to sort of re re-establish the uh the existential stakes of a storyline after you've killed two-thirds of the earth's population right like it's like <laughs> how do we make this worse how do we make it so that there's more exactly stake than there was how can you time? sit
3: there and say you love these people and watch half of them get wiped out by a snap of a finger you know yeah. it's, it's where where's your sense of uh you know where's your sense of decency if you love these people so much. And wow. and that's one of the parts of the story that falls apart right away is because if you have all these this these powerful people and they're they're hiding among everyone else, then how can they let something like that happen?
0: Well, you know, and, that's the argument for why God doesn't exist. But like that's a topic for another of Vader episode.
3: <laughs> no, but that's <laughs> that's the that's the whole gist of it. And and the story from if it happened pre Thanos snap, it would probably have been received better. And I don't think so. I don't, I, don't think,
1: I, I don't think that's the issue with Eternals. I don't think it's a, it's a continuity like, thing of like, oh, why wouldn't you get involved? Cause the same could be said about any of the Marvel movies. So like, okay, you have S.H.I.E.L.D. collapsing. Why wouldn't Iron Man get involved with that? And then you have like all these things like, oh, this happened. Like, it, if you're going to start nitpicking the movies on that level, it's like, it falls apart. But I think it's um,
3: does it do you think- help that they used Q level characters to try and, and do a major motion picture about it?
1: Well, no, I no, I, I agree with you, but I think the problem from Eternals is that like it's ten characters, which is too many to like focus on, especially with them all being new. And they're all like more or less unlikable characters. Like there there's no character to latch onto in that movie as to like A, there's no like the uh Barry like the entry character. Being like, oh, this is the person experiencing everything for the first time. Every character in that movie is like steeped in the lore of the world. You um, know, on top of that, every actor is delivering a performance that's stoic and off-putting. And that's the thing. Even like, and that's a. There's really and that's the thing. And it's a lot of mythology building. And when it's not mythology, it's oh god, just these characters that we have really no reason to like, just bickering with each other
2: over Can semantics. And Camille Nanjiani got way too in shape for that for that role.
0: Well, yeah, it's called plastic surgery. Oh, okay. No. Do, you think, <laughs> do you think it's because there's, like, do you think people are looking at the Eternals more critically in terms of its structure just because they're not distracted by, like, casting continuity like they have been for most of the MCU?
1: maybe i guess i I think the reason why eternals is like again i don't know specifically chris i don't think that's the reason it could be i don't think it ends um i think the main reason why people are like the critics are so hot and bothered over this movie is that i think the critics like every, every other like mass like movie audience goer have been lulled into kind of like a trance with these marvel movies um Shang Chi is like every other Marvel movie. It's fine. Like I had fun watching it. Like it was like two, it was like a fun two hour rom. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, Black Widow is just a miserable movie on every single level. Uh no, and everything watch. Pri- you're not missing anything. You're probably better off not watching because it it's just it's it's miserable. Um the problem with Eternals is that it doesn't like it doesn't follow like there's no like there are characters making quips occasionally. But just like it's every character is just stoic, like there isn't that effervescence that every other Marvel movie has, um, and, and that's the thing. Like every character is more or less unlikable, and and I think that's the thing. Like even Black Widow, it's a miserable movie, but at least you got Scarlett Johansson, Shang Chi. Well, you have you have Aquafina and Simu Liu, who at least are likable like characters. In this, no one is likable. It's 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 like the it's weirdly enough like it reminds you of. Uh, oh God, like I hate that I'm going to say this because everybody else is it's like, it's like DC. Like you watch, you walk into one of those movies and there's really no character that's like you can empathize with. It's because like they, they are on such a pedestal that there's no, and they, it's intended that way. And I think that's the issue. Well, they you make know, fun of DC a ton in this movie too. They make one reference to DC where like, cause Icarus can like fly and shoot beams out of his eyes. Like there's a kid, like there's, one of the eternal sons like, oh, I saw you on TV. You're like Superman. And he's like, I don't wear a cape. Cause he, he sounds like Bono
0: and he's like, I don't yeah. wear a cape.
1: And that's it. And like that, that's the extent of the reference. Like it's, it's no worse than like Tobey Maguire being like, Shazam. Like it's, it's literally the least egregious thing in the movie. And for some reason, the internet just latched onto it.
0: Yeah. I don't think you're going to see that big, uh, like internet backlash about, uh, uh, the same director being attached to the Kevin Feige uh, uh, Star think, Wars movie because I, you know Luke's film will fire a director like after they've already shot the whole movie, so
1: you don't have nothing. But to worry I, about. I, I honestly like it, I, again not to like ring my own bell, but like I'm the person that two years ago like after two weeks of the Rise of Skywalker being out, being like they're not gonna make another Star Wars movie for at least five years, at least they do not. Star Wars is a direct-to-video franchise now. It just is. They're not going to make another Star Wars movie. They're just not like you wait and see. Tycho Waititi's going to be quote too busy, and he's in that film's going to just just fall off the slate like Rogue Squadron did. We joked about it a year ago. We like we all we all knew that we were we were never going to get that movie in the incarnation that it was being presented to us with with Patty, uh, Patty Jenkins getting like dressed in the backseat of a Tesla. Um, we're we are we're not going to get a Star Wars movie. I'd say the earliest we get a Star Wars movie is maybe 2025, the absolute earliest. And it's going to be something that we haven't even been hinted at. And I think that's the problem. Lucasfilm, they don't, I I honestly wish I could blame Lucasfilm for this. I think it's, once again, it's, it's the Disney hive mind. That's the blame here. Um, Indiana Jones five, once again, got delayed a full year. And that film was like two thirds in the can because they're they're doing massive reshoots on it, um,
0: which basically think, means rewrites, right? At that point, like they're well, taking it back to the drawing board, pretty much.
1: Well, yeah, apparently something something they don't like what they're seeing, footage wise. They don't think the story works, and Harrison they. Harrison Ford yelled at too many people. I think Harrison Ford crashed another plane into like like the set or something. Um, he hurt himself on that I'm movie here. too. Um. No. Like I said, I, I don't. I, I, I wish I could blame Lucasfilm. I think Lucasfilm is in a, in a place where their last movie underperformed, and because I, again, oh god, the marketing. Like I, as much as I love the Rise of Skywalker trailers, the home video trailers did an infinitely better job of selling the movie. I think I remember this. We talked about this sometime in 2020. It was the uh, there's like the 60 second like home video like trailer. It, it basically does a fantastic job of like telling you what the movie's about and showing you scenes that motivate you to want to buy a ticket and go to the theater. Um, and, and I think once again, Lucasfilm is just kind of at the whim of Disney. Like Disney's the one that tells them, like, okay, like, like you're only allowed X movies on the calendar a year. And um, and we know from Bob Chapek, Bob Chapek is letting like uh, distribution and the uh, consumer products division's gatekeep gets out the door. And unless it can sell X amount of merchandise, they're not letting it get out. And Book of Boba Fett was clearly greenlit during the Bob Iger era. Um, that that started production. Like, it wasn't announced, but like it was in production before it was announced. Um, I don't know. I honestly don't think there's going to be a uh, Star Wars movie unless they can sell it. It's like, like a huge, super-duper deal. And I don't think a fighter pilots movie is going to be that. I honestly, like I guess, I, I think the closest thing you're going to get. If I had to guess what the next Star Wars movie is going to be, it's going to be something based on the Knights of the Old Republic. I think the fact that they announced that redo and the fact that like that redo, like the earliest it's going to come out, I think is like 2023 is the absolute earliest, most likely 2024. Um, I think they realize that's there, much like going to the drawing board of Kenobi, um, realize kind of like surrendering to like prequel nostalgia. I think they realize that's one of the last few vestiges that they can plunder, considering that, like, sequel trilogy, they, they did that. They, they they used their one card on that. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't think you're getting a Star Wars movie for the better part of this decade.
3: I think you're right on that. Uh, the only reason why is I don't think they're going to go Old Republic. I think they're going to go Mandoverse. I think they're going to wait until the streaming... Their streaming arm gains more speed; more people watch it, and then next you know have almost like a joining together of all of the major players in that, and have one massive movie. I, and I think that's where you're going to war for Mandalore.
1: I don't think they're going to make that into a movie. I think, I, I think. Remember, if you look at what just ha- what they unveiled too, apparently the Disney Plus like Plus subscriber growth is like flatlining. Or plateauing, maybe Pla- plateauing is probably the correct word to use. i I think that's the goal right now. I think Star Wars is being used as a way to to boost the streaming service the same way Marvel is. Like think about it. Like you can look at the Marvel slate of movies. Uh, no way Home is a Sony movie, so that really doesn't count. You have Doctor. Strange Two, which is going through massive reshoots as well, and that comes out next May and then like what is it uh, Black Panther 2 then you get like Thor um it's really the only established properties are getting movies like all the new stuff is going straight to streaming Moon Knight She-Hulk uh, Ms Marvel all the new things are going straight to streaming i think disney does i think disney because i think disney's realized there's more money in streaming than there is in theatrical distribution. I don't think they will abandon theatrical distribution, but I think Star Wars is going to be that like canary in the coal mine, and that like can this franchise survive being solely a Disney Plus property? Does 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 it does a property need theatrical distribution in order to thrive? And I think Star Wars is going to be that test for them. Whereas with Marvel, they realize the Marvel movies make hands money hand over fist regardless. Um, with Eternals being more of like just a fluke. That's what I think it is. I, I I think we're at that point now where Disney just wants all the money. What what is that? A vertical integration where just like everything from start to finish um, is controlled by them. I don't think they like the idea of sharing money with anything, and they and they want to be they want to beat Netflix at its own game.
0: Zach's full thoughts will be seen in the blog post "Star Wars and the Coronavirus," which will be available in the Knights of Vader Facebook group. But uh, no, but I you're you're right. I think that particular state of world events probably added two years to that gap before we see another theatrical Star Wars movie. And um, it has to be a statement when we do. It can't be like, by the way, some guys had some X-Wing battles and here's the same X-Wing cockpit interior that we used for The Mandalorian. It has to be a statement that's like, here's a new interesting chapter in the story. So Knights of the Old Republic might fill that gap where it's like you feel like you're actually entering sort of a new era to feel like it's worth going back to the theater for it. Uh, that, that sounds right to me. I'm horrified about what they're going to do with Knights of the Old Republic as far as the game remake and a movie. Um, but I, I totally buy into your line of thinking there.
1: I want on the record that when I predicted star Wars becoming a streaming property, this was before coronavirus. This was before that. This was like January of 2020 before that blew up as a thing. There's an well, but, episode. It's one of the w- one of the worst download episodes of the podcast, <laughs>
0: but it's there. Well, but you know, but there's like you do have a lot of weird stuff. Like like they put the uh, the last Daniel Craig James Bond on ice for a couple years, and it seems like it ended up being a worthwhile decision for them, given that they were like what I okay. Were asking I have thoughts on money. that.
1: Okay. I have thought – there's a reason why they put that movie on ice for two years. Uh, everybody forgets that movie was supposed to come out like April – like the first weekend of like April 2020. And if you – want spoiler alert for No Time to Die, like here's your five-second warning to like skip ahead like five, ten minutes. James Bond goddamn dies of the coronavirus in the movie. Like he gets a virus that he won't die from, but if he gets too close to the people he loves, he will spread to them and it will kill them. They saw what was happening in the world in March of 2020 and like Barbara Broccoli like pulled her hair out and did like a Homer Simpson. Ah! And like could not punt that film further enough, like away from her. Because she realized that like, oh crap, this movie became way too culturally like prescient like all at once.
0: Okay, as someone who hasn't seen it and I don't mind that you just spoiled it, is that like super integral to the plot throughout or just the ending?
1: James Bond literally dies at the end of the movie.
0: But does he See, have literally. the? But is it like a yes. hilarious gag that he has the virus the whole time in his? It's not a gag.
1: Like, it's super. De- it's super depressing to think that like one like one of the very few characters in like me like in the culture that can never ever die dies like that is like it's horror. like it's horrible and there's a reason why that film like again like we live in unprecedented times. Hardy har har. But there's a reason why certain movies like Venom and Fast and Furious are doing kind of exactly what they are expected to do. In this film, it's just kind of like, like belly, like kind of just like doing fine. Like that's the thing. The box, like domestic box office as in US and Canada has more or less recovered. Like every movie is doing kind of what it should do. Like, like Halloween Kills did exactly what it should have done. Shang-Chi did exactly what it should have done. All like like. Oh God, like a lot of these movies are performing exactly as they should
0: have. And yet like... Uh, out, as they should have like two years ago or as they should have Pre-pandemic. Like, yeah. Pre-pandemic. Yeah. That's the thing.
1: The, 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 internationally, no. Internationally, a lot of these films, I think that we have Fast and Furious movie that didn't get to a billion dollars. That is because like the oh, international no. markets like gave up on that. Um, no, the international markets are still a mess. Like China is basically like gatekeeping a lot of Hollywood stuff out right now. If you look at like the highest films like worldwide, like the majority of them are like from China, but even Hollywood now is not taking that seriously because everybody knows China puts its finger on the scale. So like, it's like, oh, generic action comedy made $600 trillion in its opening weekend in China. And Hollywood's like, yeah, that, no, like we don't believe that. Um, They still want their movies in China, but they they realize that like China is skewing the box office. Office numbers just for the sake that they can um and, and then a lot of the other territories across the world just aren't doing as well as they once did and that's why like the international box-off isn't back to where it once was but domestically things are kind of back normal people come out to movies they want to see they don't come again even Eternals Eternals more or less had the same opening weekend that Doctor Strange had five years ago which makes sense because they were both kind of like new like characters to like the silver screen. So like things are pretty much kind of where they like, like I'm not saying it's like one to one back to normal, but it's more back to normal than what like people are led on to believe box office wise in the U S and Canada. Well, that's why the streaming
3: service isn't doing that well then because it's, people are out and about doing things. They're not stuck at
1: home. Well, I think, well, no. I think Disney Plus is underperforming because, like, if you look at like how Netflix just like fabricates content and then dumps it on on their platform, it's literally their only job. Like, think about Netflix. Netflix's sole job is to create content on a weekly like basis and then have it on their service for people to watch. Disney is involved in so many things; they don't they can't devote a hundred percent of their resources to doing that. But I think they're, they they want to do that because they see that Netflix doesn't have to share any of its money with like theater chains and just other like partners, and that's what they eventually want. They again, that's why like the Black Widow like Disney Plus thing was intriguing because it was like the first instance of a major property they didn't have to share any of the money with. And that's the thing. Like it was like, oh, Black Widow made. I'm just. I don't have the numbers in front of me, so I'm just gonna use round numbers for the sake of all ten dollars. No, but but thanks for playing. Let's say it did a hundred million dollars from hundred million oh, in uh, pre- premiere access, like like grosses. And it's like, okay, would that hundred million dollars, if it was solely a theatrical experience, been there? More, more or less, give or take maybe ten percent. But this is the thing. If it would have grossed hundred million dollars in theaters in that avenue, they would have had to have shared that with the feeder chains. When it's on Premier Access Disney Plus, that hundred million is exclusively theirs, and that's why Disney's trying to figure out the wiggle room. But the problem, the reason why their their subscriber numbers are plateauing, is that they're not they don't have the same level of like new content that like Netflix does. I think about it like you'll have a Marvel series for like two months and then the well will run dry. And then like, Oh, we'll have a new star Wars series for like two months in like November and December. And then the well will run dry. And that's the thing. Whereas Netflix is just like constantly new things like at least two or three TV series a week, at least three, three to five movies a week that are new. And that's the thing. Disney is more of a catalog as opposed to new releases. And that's why the subscriber numbers, but it's like what everybody else does. They sign up for like the week after the show has run its course, they binge watch everything, and then they unsubscribe and they'll pick it up like six to ten months later. And that's the problem. Disney has is frustrated with that.
0: So basically they they just need die bored by sleep? No, I mean they so basically they just need more shows in production at any given time.
1: They need um, more consistent new content yeah. if they want to, to reach the same level that Netflix has.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a nightmare for Star Wars, probably. But I ho- if they could figure it out with other stuff that people care about, like, I don't know, I'm sure Disney has one or two other properties that people care about. That'd be good if they could sort of, like, make something with that but, so they don't...
1: Well, it, it also comes down to the issues that, like, the reason why Netflix can just dump this stuff is because very few of their things are, like, I, like pre-established IP-based. Everything Disney touches is IP-based. And that's the thing. You have the issue of just like, oh God, oversaturation. Whereas with Netflix, it's just the shotgun approach of so many random things that you really... It's just its not oversaturation of one IP. And that's both the blessing and the curse that Disney's learning of everything being based in IPs is that oversaturation is a problem.
3: Well, the other thing too is that they don't dump everything all at once. They actually do it on a week by week basis too. So they slow poke the stuff coming out. So you're not having people sit there and binge everything. That's why, that's why they're going to wait until the week before the, the new episode of the last, last episode comes out to sit there and subscribe. And once the new one comes out, they're going to watch that and then they're going to dump it. Netflix, they always have stuff. You don't know what's going to be on Netflix. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be something else. It's always someone always sits there and finds something that to, to watch on Netflix, whether it be a movie or a show or whatever.
0: Are you saying you're not expecting like an interesting, uh, docu series about like a woman's prison or like heroin dealing on Disney plus
3: <laughs> <laughs> tiger King, they should do mouse King. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know, they need to, Thank they need singer. to find their, <laughs> they got, they got to find a groove with original content. That would probably help. Um, in the meantime, there's gonna be seven or eight Star Wars six episode series.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So with all this being said, is there anything else that we left out from like Disney Plus? Like, like, Joe do you have any thoughts on the Book of Boba Fett trailer or
3: I don't know. It's it's I'm not really excited for it. It didn't show me anything that that would sit there and make me sign up for it if I didn't already have it.
1: Pretty uh, bland, I think, is the uh, best adjective I can think of.
3: Yeah, it's it's like it's nothing's going to be like, oh my god, I need to get my phone and get Disney Plus right now. If I was a new subscriber, I would be like, ah, I'll just wait until, I'll just wait until, the last two episodes and then I'll binge it and and right it. there we go. I'll, I'll I'll be caught up. You they know, clear, it's only, yeah. it's only six hours.
0: They, they clearly should have got the guy who cut the episode nine home video trailer like how they don't appreciate these things internally i'll never understand
1: well the problem is that they, they mark it's like what's happening with the spider man no way home trailer like the, the rumor is there's like three different trailers that sony's like testing there's two that play the andrew garfield toby mcguire thing very very coy then there's like the third trailer that just like gives it all away and like they're they're fighting over it like that's the thing they probably have better trailers it's the issues that, like, instead of just going with their gut feeling and like the visceral nature or something, they go on with what the focus group says. And like, it's the idea of like, okay, like, not focus groups aren't infallible. Like, as somebody who had like who who has an understanding of that, focus groups are one of the most miserable things. Like, like, like when it comes to like marketing, because like nobody knows what they want. It's like think of that second and to Look this up. It's like that, uh, oh, God, what was it, the um, Itchy and Scratchy focus group with, like, what, Lisa, Bart, Millhouse Nelson, and mm-hmm. it's like, and like oh, God, there's uh, maybe I'll be able to do a clip if I can find it. It's, it's that thing of, like, so you want new stories with all new characters, but you want to be faithful to everything you know about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, oh, God, who's the creator of Itchy and Scratchy? It's so-and-so, Junior. Who comes out and just starts like yelling at them? It's like this is Dick. That's why you're stupid because you don't know what you want.
2: Okay, how many of the kids would like Itchy and Scratchy to deal with real life problems like the ones you face every day? And who would like to see them do just the opposite, getting into far out situations involving robots and magic powers? So you want a realistic, down to earth show? That's completely off the wall and swarming with magic robots.
3: That's right. oh, oh, yeah! yeah, yeah. Good. And also, you should win
1: things by watching!
3: <sighs> you kids don't know what you want. That's why you're still kids, because you're stupid. Just tell me what's wrong, what the freaking show! <laughs> oh,
2: mommy.
1: Focus groups are, are infallible. Like, that's why you hire marketing executives. People who have a certain level of industry prowess and know what will resonate and what doesn't based on what where the, cur- uh, the current cultural zeitgeist is. And uh, unfortunately, you have a company that solely looks at spreadsheets to decide uh, where their future is.
3: I'm sorry, but no way home. If they even give a peek of the two other Spideys in there, my ass would be in the seat. You know, it's they got to just give it up because all of the rumors and everything like that, they just dispel those rumors and just do it, they're going to get a lot more people if they actually have it than they would if they didn't.
1: They're yeah. rolling From what I'm hearing, is this is all conjecture, um, from what I'm seeing online, the discourse is, they feel if they're able to play, not that they're going like to hide it, Like it's not going to be like J.J. J. Abrams, like, oh no, he's not Khan, he's Don Harrison. I don't think it's like that level of a misdirect. I think it's that like they're going to play coy with it so they want that thing of like people going in opening weekend, and you have that visceral just like, wow. Again, think, think, make this a Star Wars connection, Rogue One, Darth Vader at the end. They don't want to give it away because apparently from what I've heard, Andrew Garfield plays a larger role than Tobey Maguire because Tobey Maguire apparently held out for a while for more money. Tobey Maguire's like almost like he only shows up in the third act, and it's a glorified, like, it's a glorified cameo. Um, and I think that's the They want that like word of mouth blowout from the weekend. So it's not just like a, a quick, like, like, fix, like, audience where like it's a big opening weekend and then it drops off. And I think they want that, like, again, th- word of mouth is a very potent thing still. And I think if, if you know what you're expecting, like specific scenes and all that, it's, it makes the initial theatrical experience underwhelming. And I think they're trying to find that balance. Cause I think they know they have a. A, a winner on their hands. They just want to find that balance of it. Like, there's ways of alluding to these characters showing up without, like, just giving away the entire farm in the marketing.
3: I'm sorry, but I think that, you know, that meme that has Spidey pointing at, like, two other of his people, two of other course. people in Spider Man costumes. I think that's going to be in the movie. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That is the price God, of admission. Yes. That is the price of admission right there. I would gladly pay my thirteen fifty to go see that.
1: But what? But okay, but Joe, think of it this way: which would you rather? Which would be more fun, seeing that in the marketing, or seeing that like in the like during the like second, third act of movie, like whatever? No, not post That's a post credit scene. The goddamn end of the Spider Verse.
3: No, that's the thing: is you don't have to sit there and have a scene like that in there. All you need to do is just tell them, hey, tell them, tell them, get them in there and. Get them ready to do it because you don't have to. You, all you have to see is a glimpse of them. That's it. It's a not even a five second of all three of them together, and I can guarantee you that would be the top performing movie.
1: I, I, this, I think it's a top. I think it's a top performing movie regardless. I think once once word of mouth gets out, it's it's going to be. It, it's good, uh, uh, balloon. Like I said, I think that's again, they're trying to find a balance, which is nice for Sony because Sony is so kind of hand fisted with these things. Yeah, it's nice of them to show some level of reservations that are just like pulling the trigger from the hip.
0: I'll never like, like you guys probably like I've made this clear before, but like, that's the closest they're gonna get me to seeing an MCU movie <laughs> in theaters, like, like, by a long shot. I did see Civil War in theaters and then that first Edward Norton Hulk, and that's it. And I saw Civil War. <laughs> and I saw Civil War out of a obligation to uh, family members that were also going to it. I didn't actually want to go. So, like, they're going to get me with Spider Man uh, just because, like, you know, um, like, much like Zach, like, go ahead and listen to that recent Cinemonides episode where they discussed the Raimi Spider Man trilogy. Like, I felt. Oh. Four
1: and three quarter hours
0: of it. (laughs) I felt, you know, I
1: I felt robbed. It's almost five hours long.
0: Yeah, I want, I wanted my Spider-Man four. I didn't care what people said about Spider-Man three. I wanted my Spider-Man four, and I never got it. And this is not going to be it, but this is going to be like a taste of maybe it's possible if Doctor Strange two goes okay, and that that's good enough uh, to get me to check it out
1: uh, uh, while it's still in theaters. Uh, always comes back to Marvel. <laughs> How hard I tried always
0: comes hey back man, to Marvel. Hey, man. Hey, man. Sh- they're they showing us in that first uh, Spider Man trailer, you at least see Doc Ock. You know, they're giving us a little more in the trailers than they are with Star Wars. So that's, Ain't that's, that's what truth. happens.
1: Yeah. And Dad's, at least Sony understands the the notion of a money shot. All right. Anything else about Disney Plus Day or the current uh, happenings of the Star Wars? Before we wrap this up. It was a meme. The announcement for that is a meme. I
2: know.
1: Perfect. Okay. Um, All right. I can't think of anything else Star Wars that I want to bring up. I guess there's one final thing that's just interesting in this Disney Plus uh, day thing. I know it's been a major talking point for the last day or so. Um, The things that weren't mentioned. No mention of the Ahsoka series, Andor, Mandalorian Season 3, The Bad Batch Season 2. All these things that we know that they're doing, literally no mention of them at all.
0: Yeah, it, that'd be a distraction when Book of Boba Fett is mere weeks they away. Even,
1: that's fine, but like, well, okay, then why they show anything for Kenobi?
0: I oh, mean, Kenobi premieres out. Oh, Okay, Kobe I, for years
1: after Bad Batch Season 2.
0: Thank you for reminding me. That Kenobi sizzle reel, I assume it was assembled like over a year ago for an investor meeting, and that's something we heard about. It, that was such hot garbage. Like, wow, Comtech High School editing, like Revenge of the Sith, Obi-Wan fighting uh, Empire Strikes Back Vader, like in weird edits. Like that was a waste of time. None of the soundbites said anything interesting. They can totally like not bother showing me stuff like that. That's all I meant. I forgot to say that earlier.
3: I got more excited over the interview with Ewan McGregor and Pedro Pascal when they were sitting there talking about the screens that they use.
0: Exactly. That was like for like Vanity Fair or something.
3: Yeah, Yeah, that was more informative (laughs) than that sizzle reel.
0: Exactly. All right.
3: And I don't know why they would even bother taking that down considering it had nothing except for maybe what the title card on there that was anything remotely to do with the show.
0: Amen. Waste of time.
3: And I thought Lincoln, Robot Lincoln was going to get me for watching that. Shame on me.
0: That
1: is a uh, insider reference to the Knights of Vader Facebook group chat.
0: Okay, so yeah, they didn't... What we're trying to say, Zach, is they didn't really promote Obi-Wan because they made me angry about Obi-Wan with that video. That's, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Fair enough. All right. I think I think
3: Chris. I think Chris had something perfect when he said it in the chat. He's like, "You." I don't know if it was Chris or Zach that said you could tell that you and McGregor had a lot more to say in that five-second line, and they just cut it.
0: Oh well, yeah. You know, okay. Listen to his first sentence and tell me there's not like, tell me that's not like reconstructed (laughs) phrasing. But uh, that's besides the point. We'll never know the truth. See, that. that's
3: gonna All be, right, that's going to be in behind the cloak, the Obi-Wan series special. That's going to be twenty minutes on Disney Plus, uh, three weeks before it before uh, Kenobi airs.
1: All right, anything else about Star Wars? Or are we ready to wrap this up?
0: Uh, I got like a sweet 1978 electronic battle game from Kenner and, uh, you guys should check out a cool picture of that in the Knights of Vader Facebook group. And that is, that is it for a uh, toy talk on this episode of Knights of Vader. Yes.
1: Um, Oh God, God. The only thing I got to say, I think, I don't know if I, obviously I haven't mentioned this. They finally did unveil a uh, black series like replica lightsaber of the Leia Rise of Skywalker lightsaber, and I could not hit the pre-order button fast enough. I'm like, finally, this is not going to be like a toy like the Galaxy's Edge one. And yeah, I'm the
0: excited. the rose gold the rose gold looks a little a little more uh, faux real in uh, that version, so I think you made the right choice.
1: I am excited, and I'm still waiting for the Cal Castis lightsaber to debut at Galaxy's Edge, which is supposed to happen sometime this month or next month. So the baseball or, bat. I was waiting for that. Or Zenger would call it. Go to your local Dick Sporting Goods and just buy a baseball bat and attach a fluorescent uh, light bulb to it. I'm <laughs> <Not> wrong. <laughs> okay. Anything else, Mister Joe? Uh,
3: yeah. Patty Jenkins was abducted, not in a Tesla van, but. In a white panel van
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah they, they won't With, release her Until she does Wonder Woman 3 Which everyone is so excited about Versus a Rogue Squadron movie Am I right?
3: I am yes Linda Carter coming back As Wonder Woman So that's something To be excited about Even though she coming back be Wonder,
1: Wonder Woman Wonder Wo- Yeah exactly Woman. She's not even Wonder Woman But she's
3: in a Wonder Woman so ipso facto Wonder Woman. Imagine Linda if they Carter.
1: made a Star Imagine they made a Star Wars movie with Mark Hamill and he's not playing Luke Skywalker. Would that be good? Yeah. That
3: would be so awesome. He could be like Uncle Jethro.
0: Kind of like the Rise <laughs> of Skywalker and The Mandalorian where Mark Hamill does not play Luke Skywalker.
3: He's
2: from
0: me.
1: Oh God. All right. So conclude this episode of Knights of Vader Star Wars podcast. All right, folks. Come on. You have to admit there's a reason why we don't do these episodes every week anymore when there's no content. Imagine how much worse it could be. Um, if you want to hear more of our shenanigans, but in the uh word form, Knights of Vader Facebook group, all sorts of nonsense happening there. Uh Instagram at KOV Podcast heralded by Chris Portius. Thank you to Inspiriority Complex for writing our theme song. Check out the show notes to hear more from them. If you are interested in hearing more from me, go to the Cinemoddies podcast where you'll hear Rob and I talk about Spider-Man movies. Like Chris said, we did the Raimi movies. We talked for nearly five hours. We did Mark Webb, which features Zenger, in which the episode just abruptly ends because Rob uh, had too much of an adult substance. And then Uh there will be a Tom Holland, John Watts one, And that is coming out, oh, God, as of recording this in the next, oh, God, 28 hours or so. Um, When you're not listening to the Cinematis podcast, Zenger, what are you up to on the Not Zeng Wars podcast?
2: Oh, you can find me on the Zingness podcast where we talk about nerdy topics all the time. Maybe Zach will be on for an upcoming episode discussing a planet covered in sand that's not tattooing. Jacko? That's not Jacko. Pasana? I'm done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Chris Porteous, what are you doing when you're not recording this uh, Third Race Star Wars podcast?
0: You can find me at the Chris Porteous on Instagram and. Uh, at KOB podcast on instagram and you know if you're listening and you and you wish there were slightly more episodes just do yourself a favor and join the knights of vader facebook group as zach said earlier there's always all kinds of generally star wars related nonsense going on over there
1: and joe when you're not bankrupting kb toys montgomery ward sears what are you doing
3: I'm trying. I'm actively looking for another Fortune 500 company to bankrupt, and um, that's 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 what I've been doing. You know, so I, I go through the down Jones and see who who I'm going to be uh, putting in the uh, in the red next.
1: So. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. righty, folks. Good night. not Goodbye. And as always, may the force be with you.